Hey, my name is Chris Brennan. I'm the host of the Astrology Podcast, and this is your year ahead horoscope forecast for the zodiac sign of Aries for 2024. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the year and where they'll get by the end of the year. And here are the main keywords or the main themes that are going to be prominent for you this year. I'm going to focus on big picture stuff. So your primary keywords this year are self, relationship, finances, communication, friends, and enemies. So those are the primary topics that I think are going to be the most important and the most active for you this year. And I'm going to expand on that and explain why that is and what some of the transits are that coincide with that during the course of this video. But I wanted to give you the highlights right at the start. All right, so let's jump into it. So the first thing, first things first, um, uh, self and relationships. So this is tied in with the Eclipse series where we're going to see a continuation of the Aries and Libra Eclipse series over the course of this year, which started last year in 2023 and will continue on and eventually culminate at the end of 2024. So um, this set of eclipses is taking place in your first house of self and your seventh house of relationships. So usually when this happens, a person will go through a period of kind of um, going back and forth between um, learning and developing some new understandings of their sense of self, which can sometimes relate to their mind and other times relate to their body, um, but also just developing a clear picture of who you are and what you want out of life and what that means for you in a very personal sense. So um, that's the first house and the Aries side of the eclipses. The other side of that is that when a person has eclipses in the seventh house, usually it means a period of major beginnings and major endings for relationships. So sometimes if a person is not in a relationship, they'll find that a major relationship starts under this at this time. Uh, and other times if a person's in a relationship, they may find that either um, in some instances, if the relationship is not going well, that things wrap up or come to some sort of uh, end or conclusion. Or in other instances, um, if a person's in a relationship, you may just reach the end of a major chapter in that relationship, and you may start a new chapter in the relationship after some developments or events take place that cause some changes for you both. So generally, um, this just means a period of major beginnings and endings in this area of your life. And so the, the focus of a large part of this year, especially when the eclipses take place, um, here's a diagram that shows the timing of those eclipses. So uh, the relationship one is in March, then the self one is in April, and then there's another relationship one in October. So major beginnings and major endings for self and relationship is the keyword for those. Um, moving forward, the next theme I wanted to focus on and talk about a little bit is um, the Saturn transit uh, through Pisces, which is going to conjoin Neptune, especially around the June-July time frame, and uh, the Pisces eclipse that's then going to take place a few months later in September. So this is happening in the 12th house in your birth chart for those of you with Aries rising. So my primary keyword for this and primary theme is going to be restructuring to address nebulous challenges regarding those who undermine you or ways in which you undermine yourself. So I want you to think about and sort of um, 
reflect on that that sentence or reflect on some of those keywords during the course of this year because there's going to be different ways in which that's going to be more or less relevant depending on where some of these challenges are coming from and whether the challenges are coming from um, outside or whether they're coming from inside. So um, the 12th house has to do oftentimes with um, people that we don't get along with in our life, which can sometimes in an extreme sense mean enemies or people that are sort of like out to get you or to cause you problems. So with Saturn having ingressed or having moved into this sector of your chart for a three-year-long transit about a year ago in March of 2023, it began a, a period where sometimes people do run into or encounter more issues with people they don't get along with, um, running up into surmountable difficulties or obstacles with those people that have to be overcome. So um, unfortunately, part of the trickiness with this transit is that Saturn is meeting up with Neptune in that sign this year, where it's going to come within 10 degrees of a conjunction. And sometimes Neptune can make things very nebulous. So it's not really clear what's going on. You're not really sure, um, you know, who the problems are coming from. Sometimes you can make mistakes. Um, in assuming things that turn out not to be the case later, or sometimes you can not assume things and then it turns out that you're kind of surprised later that somebody was um, sort of causing you problems behind the scenes. So these are some, these are some themes you're going to have to work with and sort of um, reflect on this year just in terms of the people that you don't get along with and how you can restructure your life in order to deal with those people better, either in finding a way to address those problems and still have those people in your life, or in other instances, ways that you can remove those people from your life if um, it's causing such issues that you just can't proceed further. Uh, the other thing to think about with this transit is that sometimes um, it can have to do with ways in which we sabotage or undermine ourselves. So sometimes a transit of Saturn through the 12th house can be a good time for like uh, self-reflection, periods of isolation and self-contemplation, and sometimes just focusing on mental health can be a really good thing to do during the course of a Saturn transit. So this will be the second year out of this three-year long transit, so you st should start to get a handle on it by the end of this year, and you should start making progress towards it. I think especially in September when that first eclipse occurs in the sign of Pisces in this house, that it's really going to highlight and put more of a spotlight on this area of your life and this area of your chart. Um, which doesn't necessarily have to be bad, but sometimes um, people can go through a period of introspection at this time, which ultimately, once you, once you emerge out of that period, you'll find that it was quite positive and helpful and was a real period of internal growth. All right, so that's our second transit of the year, the Saturn-Neptune conjunction in Pisces and that Saturn transit through your 12th house, which is ongoing. The next transit I want to talk about um, is some of the positive ones happening this year. The major ones are the Jupiter transits, where uh, transiting Jupiter, this transit started last year, has been transiting through your second house of finances, but this year it's actually going to meet up with and form a conjunction with the planet Uranus, which is the planet of unexpected things. So my primary keyword for this transit for the first half of the year for you is unexpected financial opportunities. That's one of the, the ways that I can put that together, what that transit is all about for you and those of you with Aries rising in a concise way because Jupiter in your second house represents 
um, growing and expanding financially, and Uranus represents sudden things that happen unexpectedly. So I want you to be on the lookout this year for um, opportunities for growth and expansion financially, especially ones that maybe are unique, ones that are off the beaten path, ones that you hadn't considered before or might seem like weird or um, unlike you or sort of unexpected in some way. But pay attention to those opportunities because they could prove to be very beneficial, especially around the May timeframe when this conjunction goes exact in your chart. So that's one of the most positive transits of the year that I wanted to highlight. Um, what's going to happen after that is in June, uh, Jupiter is going to move into Gemini and into your third house of communication. So my primary keyword for that is growth and expansion in communications, mobility, um, as well as relatives. So the third house, it primarily relates to how you um, speak, how you write, how you communicate, basically what's inside of you and how you convey that to the world outside. And with this Jupiter transit in the entirety of the second half of 2024, um, you're going to go through a period where you're going to learn new things about how to communicate more effectively and become more confident as a communicator and more confident sort of broadcasting your message to the world, whatever that means for you, given your individual and unique circumstances in life. So that's part of it is growth in communication. The third house also has to do with mobility, especially moving around locally. So sometimes this can relate to cars or other ways of getting around town and some sort of um, benefits or growth or expansion in that area of your life. For some people, this can mean things like, you know, getting a new car, getting a new bicycle or something like that, like something that is a new development when it comes to mobility for you. Uh, the final area is the third house relates to siblings, um, relatives, extended family, as well as sometimes neighbors or your neighborhood. So this could be a period of growth and expansion when it comes to your relationships with siblings, your relationship with other extended relatives, uh, with something good happening in terms of that, or alternatively just in terms of your neighborhood and getting more uh, comfortable and finding that there are new benefits and opportunities for you in your immediate environment, like your immediate city, than you have experienced before up to this point. So that's the other probably most positive transit that I see happening this year. And that really ramps up in June when there's a lot of planets that are moving through this sector of your chart, not just Jupiter, but also uh, there's a Venus Kazemi and a number of other transits at the same time. So it's just a very active period for you, especially in June, but the Jupiter transit will extend all the way through the end of 2024. So those are the more positive, the most positive transits I think happening this year. Um, moving on, the next um, section I want to talk about is there will be a Mars retrograde in the signs of Cancer and Leo uh, towards the end of the year. So um, later in the year when Mars goes retrograde in Leo and Cancer, um, some of the, the keywords that I have for that is tensions surrounding children, sexuality, as well as home and parents and private life. So I say that because we're talking about two different houses or two different sectors being activated in your birth chart. The fifth house, which relates to um, the topic of children, but also other topics related to sexuality, to um, fun and games and how you do leisurely activities in your life. 
So with Mars going retrograde there, sometimes it brings up tensions or sometimes even conflicts in this area, or you can find yourself butting heads with the uh, people that are represented by that house. So if you have children, sometimes it can be indicate a period of tension for some reason in that area. Um, because it's a retrograde, sometimes it can involve going back and looking at the past and bringing up past conflicts so that they can be sort of aired out and addressed uh, one last time so that you can then eventually move forward. Um, sometimes the fifth house also relates, as I said, to sex and sexuality, so it can be an area where there's a little bit more tension there, or perhaps you have some uh, conflict or some severing or separation when it comes to like a lover or something like that is a potential of a Mars retrograde in the fifth house. So the other house that it's really going to be activating, though, is Mars is going to go retrograde also through Cancer, which is your fourth house of home and parents. So a lot of those things that I just said about the fifth house also relate here to the fourth house and to the topic of your home and living situation. So sometimes this can mean um, there's some greater tensions in your home life for some reason. Um, if your parents are around or if they're still in your life, there can be greater tensions either in your parents' life that somehow affects your relationship with them or sometimes just direct tensions with them that need to be addressed. So ultimately, um, this is going to be more or less constructive for different people depending on where they're at in their life and how their birth charts are set up. Um, but in the long term, sometimes it just um, can be sort of an irritating influence that forces us to focus on addressing issues that arise. And the biggest thing I think is I would just pay attention to um, initiating conflicts with the people in your life that are represented by these houses during this time, because t sometimes things that you think will just be like a minor conflict if you say something off the cuff or if you say something even like hurtful during this time can blow up and become a much longer or um, larger issue than you may anticipate at the time. So I would just be a little bit more reserved about initiating conflicts um, either with parents or children at this time due to that potential this year. All right, so that's the Mars retrograde transit. And finally, the last transit I wanted to mention is that the planet Pluto is departing from Capricorn and your 10th house, and it's moving into, it's departing from your 10th house of career, and Pluto is moving into your 11th house of friends and groups and social movements. So you're ending a pretty long period going back to 2008, 2009, when Pluto first moved into Capricorn and into your 10th house of career, where you went through this period of transformation when it came to your career, your social standing, and your overall direction in life. And now Pluto is departing this year and moving into Aquarius, which is your 11th house of friends and groups, which usually indicates um, most broadly transformative experiences with friends and groups. So sometimes this can really deepen certain relationships that you have with friends because you go through some pretty heavy or serious stuff with them. Um, other times it can end some friendships if they've reached their uh, sort of the end of their life cycle in some sense. But the primary thing is just being open to the potential for having transformative experiences through friends and groups and navigating that as gracefully as you can, even if sometimes Pluto brings up issues of control and manipulation and power plays. And one of the things is that it'll be important for you to be somewhat restrained when it comes to that. Like, don't 
you know, manipulate a friend for some reason is a potential issue with a Pluto transit through the 11th house. But if you are careful about that and you approach things um, in that way, then I think that you'll be able to emerge from this having a much deeper and more, more profound sense of what friendship means for you and the power of friends and groups and alliances in your life. All right, so those are my main themes that I wanted to touch on for this year. Um, here are the transits that I just talked about. Here are some of the dates for some of those transits for those watching the video version of this, just so you can compare uh, the likely time frames and the, the periods of importance. And other than that, um, I think that's it for this horoscope for 2024. So um, yeah, that's it. So. For a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 Year Ahead Astrology Forecast on YouTube, which you can find by Googling that or going to my YouTube channel. Um, other than that, for good um, dates this year, I actually just released a report uh, called the 2024 Electional Astrology Report, where I went through each of the next 12 months and I picked out the luckiest or most fortunate dates for initiating different types of ventures and activities using the principles of, of electional astrology. So that report is on sale for 15% off right now, and you can get it at theastrologypodcast.com 2024 report. Uh, but otherwise, good luck. Um, if you have any questions, post them in the comments section below this video on YouTube. And otherwise, I have you hope you have a great year, and I'll see you again next year for the horoscopes for 2025. All right. Good luck and take care. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code astropodcast15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. 
You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year-ahead horoscope forecast for the entire year of 2024 for the sign of Taurus. All right, so let's jump right into it. So your main keywords this year to summarize right at the beginning are going to be health, finances, friends, home, family, and career. So those are going to be some of the main topics that I want to talk about because I think those are going to be your main areas of activity this year, um, in some ways constructive and in other ways challenging. So let's get into and break down each of those um, individually and why those are your main keywords this year. All right, so I wanted to start first with the eclipses. So this year we're going to see a continuation of the eclipse series that started last year in your 6th and your 12th houses. So the sixth house is the house that pertains to work as well as to health, um, especially physical health. And eclipses usually represent major beginnings and major endings. So for some people, if this relates to your work, it may relate to um, starting or stopping a new job um, if you've reached a, a critical turning point in terms of that. For others, it's going to relate to health matters and moving into some new chapter of your life when it comes to your health, both in terms of the sixth house, which is your physical health, but also potentially the twelfth house, which can relate to mental health. So sometimes um, starting to work on your health, sometimes people do productive things like start a new uh, workout regimen or they start focusing on new uh, healthy eating habits or other things like that. Um, whatever it is, there's just a greater area, uh, greater emphasis this year on some of that. And in some ways, it should represent a continuation of some of the themes that started last year when this eclipse series began in 2023. So with the 12th house eclipses, um, in addition to some of the things that represent uh, mental health and focusing on that and taking care of yourself, um, sometimes the 12th house, uh, whereas the 11th house, which is right next to it, represents friends and groups, the 12th house can represent uh, people that you don't get along with very well or, or who undermine you in your life in some way. So sometimes this can mean um, outright enemies or people that um, work against you in some way. So having eclipses in the 12th house can sometimes indicate uh, a major beginning of a new like feud with somebody, or in other instances it can represent the end of that or some sort of previous conflict coming to um, some sort of culmination or some sort of end point, reaching a new chapter or turning point when it comes to that. So one thing that's also relevant in terms of the 12th house can be 
um, themes of self-undoing and just sometimes coming to realizations about ways in which we undermine ourselves that we don't realize that we're doing. So that's something to pay attention for as an area of growth this year. And I think that ties in with some of the other uh, themes that we're going to get into when it comes to growth of the self later on with some of the Jupiter transits that you're having this year. All right, so let's move on. Um, another area where there's going to be some potential challenges um, is regarding your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances. You have a Saturn transit that's been going through that sign, uh, which represents surmountable difficulties in that area. And that transit started uh, in March of 2023, about a year ago. So you're already a little ways into it, but this year Saturn's going to get very close to a conjunction with Neptune, and then there's also going to be an eclipse in Pisces in your 11th house in September. So this is highlighting um, the topic of friends and groups. The eclipse represents a new beginning or a new ending in that area. And the Saturn transit, though, sometimes brings up surmountable difficulties when it comes to friends. So sometimes this can mean that you run into some issues with friends or you have a falling out. You may find yourself being a little bit more isolated from your friend groups than you were previously. Um, but sometimes this can be constructive in the long term because sometimes these periods of challenges challenges can come up and can clear the way uh, of old friends in order to make way for new ones in the long term as well as open you up to new experiences. So the only thing that's a little tricky is that Neptune is going to be in the mix, especially around the June-July time frame. So some of the challenges regarding friends and groups may be kind of nebulous and hard to uh, pin down exactly in terms of what's going on and what's happening. And clarity may be something that you struggle with at this time regarding what your obligations are to your friends, what their obligations are to you, and just ways in which you interact. So this is going to be a major area of activity off and on at different points throughout this year. So that's one of the transits I want to highlight for friends and groups. The next one is um, I wanted to highlight some of your most positive and best transits this year. The first set occurs for pretty much the entire first half of the year, which is this Jupiter transit through Taurus and through your first house of self, mind, and body. So Jupiter represents uh, growth and expansion. And so this is the one that ties in earlier when I was talking about mental health, is that you have some very positive transit here for growth and expansion of your understanding of yourself. So there's something positive happening here when it comes to your conceptualization of yourself, which can sometimes mean the way that you think about yourself in your life um, internally in terms of your mind, but other times it can also relate to your body. So sometimes this means um, some sort of change or some sort of optimism or maybe feeling yourself more in terms of your physical appearance and moving into some new phase in terms of that. Um, and especially in uh, the May time frame, Jupiter is going to come up to a conjunction with the planet Uranus, and this represents a period of unexpected growth and opportunities in this area. So for you, I think this means unexpected opportunities for growth and learning new things about yourself, developing your personality, developing your mind and different mental skills, and also developing things about your body, which could tie in nicely with some of the eclipse transits that are going to have you focusing on physical 
health as well as mental health. So overall, one of the main themes this year and one of the most positive things for you is growth of the self, both in terms of mind and body, and having lots of opportunities for growth during the course of especially the first half of the year. All right, so that's the Jupiter transit through Taurus. The next most positive transit that I wanted to highlight for you this year is in June, Jupiter is going to go into Gemini, and it's going to stay there for the rest of 2024. So this transit is for the entire second half of the year, and uh, Gemini is your second house of money, possessions, and finances in general. So Jupiter transits through the second house usually represent a period of expanding your financial horizons, finding new opportunities for making money, and um, in some instances having financial windfalls or things that just kind of come out of nowhere that help you out uh, financially and represent an expansion in that area of your life. So for other people, they'll just find new opportunities in order to make money or grow their finances or something about their personal possessions that's just going extremely well at this time and extremely smoothly in terms of acquiring things and um, having some enjoyment in terms of your physical possessions at this time. So that transit's lasting for the entire second half of the year. There is a period of heightened activity, especially in the June time frame, because that's when Venus and a number of the other planets will go through this sector at the same time, in addition to Jupiter itself. Um, but it should be a good and one of the most positive things that I can find for the entire second half of the year. All right, so those are your Jupiter transits. The next ones I want to talk about are some of the more challenging transits that come up this year, which is the Mars retrograde, where later this year, Mars is going to slow down in the sign of Leo, and it's going to move back into the sign of Cancer. And this is your fourth house of home and parents, and your third house of communication, siblings, uh, and relatives. So the main keywords I have for this, most generally speaking or archetypally speaking, is that it indicates a period of tensions surrounding topics like home and living situation and your interaction with your parents, um, but also potentially tensions involving siblings, mobility, and neighbors. So Mars transits can be kind of irritating. Sometimes they can involve like conflicts or themes of severing and separation. Um, it's going to start really, especially in the November-December time frame, when it comes to the fourth house and um, some potential like conflicts at home in terms of your living situation or potentially with your parents. But then it's going to extend and go back into Cancer, and that's going to be a period where the third house represents things like siblings, so it could be a period of irritation or frustration when it comes to your siblings, if you have any. Um, the third house also represents mobility, uh, so sometimes that can relate to things like your car or getting around town locally and running into some issues or some tensions there. And finally, the third house can also represent communication. So this could be a period when you find yourself uh, to be a little bit more verbally combative and a little bit more getting into arguments with people. And that's something you might want to pay attention to and be a little bit careful about because sometimes during a Mars retrograde, we can initiate a conflict due to irritation, um, thinking that it, it won't be a big deal, but sometimes a little conflict can turn into a much larger one, like a fire that gets kindling and sort of like grows out of control. So that's something to pay attention to and in all of these relationships to exercise restraint if you can. 
Um, so here's an image for the Mars retrograde to give you dates for those watching the video version of this. All right, so that brings us to the final major slow-moving outer planet transit that I wanted to talk about this year, um, which is the Pluto transit, where Pluto is departing from your ninth house of religion and belief, philosophy, foreign travel, and Pluto is moving into your 10th house of career for the next 20 years. So the primary archetypal keyword for this is transformative experiences with respect to your career and your overall life direction. And um, during the course of this transit, you may find yourself going through some very profound um, transformations when it comes to uh, your conceptualization of who you are and what you're meant to do in your life. And especially in terms of your career or in terms of um, the thing that gives you reputation and status in the world. So sometimes Pluto transits can be a little bit tricky, they can be challenging, they can bring up issues with um, uh, power plays and control and manipulation and having to deal with people that are trying to exert an influence on you to go in one way or another with respect to your career, and sometimes needing to uh, take your power back uh, carefully but to take things into your own hands and make a choice about where you want to go in your life, um, even if in some instances it le means leaving certain things behind that you had been doing up to that point. So this is a whole like 20-year transit that's going to last for 20 years after this. So it's not something that's all going to come at once, but since this is the first year that Pluto is going to fully move into Aquarius, it would be good to start paying attention to any themes that come up this year with respect to your career and your overall life direction, because even if they seem insignificant at the time, you may find that they end up having a much more long-term and profound impact than you realize. Uh, at first, just because you're at the very cusp or the very start of this very long-term, two-decade-long transit that should completely transform your career by the time it's finished 20 years from now. So those are actually the main transits that I wanted to touch on during the course of this year. So here are some of the transits that I mentioned for those watching the video viewers, the astrology behind them. Here's some of the dates involved for some of the time frames in which they'll take place. Um, but other than that, I think that is it for this horoscope for Taurus for 2024. Uh, so for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube, which you can find on my YouTube channel. Um, and also check out if you're looking for good dates to do things next year. I just released my 2024 electional astrology report where I went through and highlighted the most fortunate dates over the course of the next 12 months in order to do different ventures and undertakings and start things. So that report's actually on sale for 15% off right now. You can find it at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, that's it for this forecast uh, for 2024. So good luck this year. Let me know if you have any questions or comments or if you want to share your experiences so far in the comments below this video on YouTube. And otherwise, good luck this year, and I'll see you again next year. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast.
shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year-ahead horoscope forecast for Gemini for the entire year of 2024. All right, so let's jump right into it, Gemini. So here's the planetary movements calendar that shows where the planets will start at the beginning of the year and where they will end up. And here are the main keywords for you this year, which are friends, children, self, career, health, and beliefs. So those are the main themes that I think you're going to encounter and focus on this year, and I'm going to spend the rest of this video breaking down uh, why that is and what transits are going to correlate with that and sort of expanding on it over the course of the next year. All right, so let's start first with the eclipses. So there's going to be eclipses this year in the signs of Aries and the sign of Libra, which is your fifth house of children, uh, creativity, leisure, and sex and sexuality, your fifth house, which is Libra, and the 11th house, which represents friends and groups and alliances in your life. It's the house of friends, basically. So eclipses represent major endings and major beginnings in this area of your life. Um, and sometimes it can represent very important events that are happening where there's changes that are happening in these two distinct areas of your life. Sometimes those can be interconnected, but other times um, it just represents a singular set of events that are taking place in that specific area. All right, so 
Um, some of these changes already started last year in 2023 when these eclipses first started taking place in this sector of your chart. So when it comes to the fifth house, um, which is Libra, sometimes uh, eclipses can represent, if you don't have children, it can represent a period where, where you have children or the topic of children somehow becomes more important to you for some reason, whether your children or somebody else's. Um, in other instances, if you already have children, it can represent uh, a new chapter in your child's life or in terms of your relationship with them for some reason. Uh, the fifth house also represents creativity. So if some of you may find yourself taking up a new hobby or a new creative activity, whether it's artistic or whether it's just the things you do in order to have fun and sort of like blow off steam, while sometimes those can seem unimportant, in other times in our life, they can actually be very important and enriching. And for you, it's gonna be more of a focus this year. Uh, the fifth house also relates to sex and sexuality. So it may be some new chapter in your life when it comes to this, or in terms of a new relationship that's either starting or ending that has a major impact on your life and that uh, the way that you express yourself in that area as well. So that is the fifth house. The 11th house represents friends and groups and alliances, and when you have eclipses taking place in this area, usually it either means um, new major friendships that are starting or starting a new um, social activity or joining a club, because uh, the 11th house also represents alliances. Um, other times with eclipses taking place in this area, it can represent the end of a friendship, especially if a friendship has kind of like run its course and it's reached the end of its life cycle or the end of its um, sort of usefulness for, for either you or your friend. Sometimes this can represent a period where you sort of close down that chapter of your life when it comes to friends, which then in turn uh, will free you up and make uh, you more available to form other friendships in the future, since each uh, ending also represents a new beginning. So those are the eclipses that are taking place in that sector of your chart this year. Um, the next section that I wanted to focus on was this Saturn-Neptune conjunction in transit in your 10th house of career and overall uh, life direction. So my primary keyword for this this year is nebulous challenges regarding career and life direction largely because of this, uh, what will happen around June and July especially, is this conjunction between Saturn and Neptune, where Saturn represents what's real versus ne Neptune usually represents that which is imaginary or illusory. And there's some sort of tension between those two that's taking place at this time in your 10th house of career. So this is tied in with a broader three-year transit of Saturn that, uh, through your 10th house of career that just started last year in March of 2023. And Saturn usually represents um, surmountable difficulties and periods of consolidation or running into obstacles when it comes to one's career and overall life direction. So for some of you, this may represent um, leaving a job or leaving a line of work that you'd been working on for a while. In other instances, it can represent a period of trying to be more realistic about what your career and life goals are, especially if that comes into tension or conflict with that area if you've been being a little bit more um, idealistic about that area of your life over the course of the past decade, especially since Neptune's been transiting through Pisces for, for quite a while now. 
Um, but this is really going to come into focus, especially not just in the June-July timeframe when Saturn and Neptune can join each other, but especially around September, because we're going to get an eclipse in September in your 10th house of career, and that's going to represent the beginning of a new series of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to your career and overall life direction. So that's similar to the eclipses that were taking place that I mentioned earlier in your 5th and 11th house, but um, those eclipses were a continuation of a series from 2023, whereas this Pisces eclipse is the start of a new series that's going to highlight that sector of your chart, of your public life and your overall life direction over the course of the next year and a half. So some major changes are coming, and I think that's really going to highlight um, the area of your career and overall life direction starting in September, but then also carrying into next year into 2025. All right, so those are some of the things that you'll be focused on in terms of that. The next section I want to focus on is some of the really positive transits that you're having this year that are going to be the things to be look to look forward to the most and to be the most hopeful for. So one of them is uh, transiting Jupiter has been going through your 12th house uh, starting in, in mid-2023, but in the first half of 2024, this is going to reach a critical turning point where um, my primary keyword for it is an expansion or unexpected growth and opportunities with respect to two topics in particular. One is enemies or people that you don't get along with, and the second is um, areas of mental health and how you deal with your mental health. So this is going to be actually, even though those sound like challenging areas, a very positive period of growth and expansion when it comes to those topics, especially in the first half of uh, 2024. So um, the 12th house, while well, the 11th house that I was talking about earlier represents friends, and people that help you or that you get along with, the 12th house usually represents the opposite, which is people that you don't get along with, or in some extreme cases that can mean enemies, like people that outright work against you or, or undermine you in some way. With Jupiter transiting through your 12th house though this year in the, in the first part, um, there's going to be some opportunities to reconcile with some of these enemies or to smooth things over a little bit more than had occurred earlier uh, prior to this transit beginning last year. So in particular, I think in May, there's going to be the potential for unexpected um, periods of success when it comes to people that you don't get along with, especially if there's some sort of conflict or battles that you've had with them up to this point. This transit of Jupiter conjoining Uranus um, in your 12th house of enemies in May may represent you being successful or overcoming them in some way, especially if there's something where you've been having to defend yourself or fight against something that's been challenging or difficult uh, when it comes to that area of your life. So that's one area. Another area that the 12th house has to do with sometimes isolation and um, going inward and sort of trying to help our internal mental state. And with transiting Jupiter going through your 12th house, this can be a good time for self-reflection and to come to some new realizations about 
who you are and what you're doing here that are sort of going to be helpful for you in terms of your mental state and in terms of mental growth. So this can be a good year, for example, to um, start seeing a therapist and to build a relationship with a therapist or um, some other sort of mental health advocate that can help you sort of guide you in that internal journey and help you to make progress and um, reach new heights or new realizations during the course of especially the first half of this year. So definitely take advantage of that opportunity. All right, so the other area that's sort of related, but it's distinct in terms of the timing, uh, in terms of one of the most positive transits that's going to happen this year, is that starting in June, Jupiter is going to move into your first house of self and mind and body. So this should represent a period of expansion of self and understanding who you are. And it's interesting that this will follow in the second half of the year, immediately after some of the opportunities and some of the work that you do in the first half of the year, which I think relates to that mental health piece that we're finding earlier, that we were talking about earlier, although it also may relate to the like finally getting a hold of and finally um, smoothing over some things with people who were undermining you. Um, I forgot to mention the 12th also represents ways sometimes in which we undermine ourselves and sometimes learning and coming to realizations about ways in which we're doing that. But once we have those realizations, it can in, it can then begin a period of growth once you overcome that and learn to stop doing it so you, you no longer do it anymore. So that may be part of what's happening here in the second half of the year is that you overcome some of that stuff in the 12th house in the first half of the year, and it just frees you up to do so much else in terms of learning more about yourself, learning more about your mind, but also um, having a period where things are going relatively well in terms of your body and your physical health um, can be uh, an indication of having a Jupiter transit through the first house. So sometimes people... Um, they start new workout routines or they start focusing on ways that they can improve their body and they start taking advantage of opportunities to do that. Sometimes they have a change of appearance or they do some sort of um, physical change that changes how they appear to the world um, and projects a much more optimistic and sort of like positive vibe, which in turn then has this feedback effect where then other people treat you in a way that's more positive as well, which can then uh, in turn sort of like improve your sense of self. So this transit is lasting for the entire second half of the year. It's very positive. Happy, having Jupiter go into your rising sign and just represents um, luck, opportunities, opportunities for growth, uh, and expansion in general over the course of the second half of 2024 and going into 2025. So that's probably the most positive transit that you're happening this year is that Jupiter, um, the planet of luck and abundance, is going into your sign. All right, so moving into other areas, um, there is going to be a Mars retrograde later in the year, and this is going to take place um, going through your third house and your second house. So my primary keywords for this are tensions surrounding siblings, neighbors, and finances. So the third house is the one that represents siblings, neighbors, communication, 
Um, sometimes it can represent your neighborhood or your city, basically, your, your immediate environment. And for some reason, with Mars slowing down and stationing retrograde there, there's an extended period of irritation. So sometimes um, with third house transits, especially Mars transit, it can indicate um, having a conflict that has to do with communication. So one of the things that you can do to be proactive about this is be careful with how you communicate with people, especially if you find yourself more irritable and more prone to sort of like flying off the handle at these times. Um, try not to go too far because sometimes during Mars transits, we can initiate like a verbal like conflict with somebody that we think will you know, pass by and not be a big deal, but it can end up having much more far-ranging implications or it can last and lead to a longer-term conflict than we might expect at first. So careful with communications. Um, if you have siblings, this can pertain to siblings and your relationship with them. So be careful with that, especially period of the potential for like strife or separations. Um, the third house can also represent extended family as well as neighbors, so people that live in your like immediate neighborhood and the potential for conflicts with them. Um, Mars is also going to retrograde back into your second house, though, which is the place of finances, and sometimes this can indicate tensions surrounding financial matters, um, potentials for um, running into challenging issues surrounding that, or having other Mars related sort of like irritations that make you feel very frustrated or very even angry surrounding financial matters at this time. So uh, I would just recommend exercising caution when it comes to both of those topics this year, especially in terms of doing anything that you initiate yourself out of irritability or anger, um, and to try to do things that are a little bit more restrained or a little bit more calm and collected. And if you cultivate that, then you should be able to navigate and avoid some of the worst potential scenarios when it comes to those topics. All right, um, let's see. The final transit that I wanted to mention this year is Pluto is departing from Capricorn, your eighth house, and it's moving into Aquarius, your ninth house of uh, travel, religion, beliefs, philosophy, foreign places, and it's going to begin a 20-year period, um, which should broadly coincide with transformative experiences surrounding travel, that which is foreign to you, as well as your beliefs and your personal philosophy. So we got a little bit of a preview of this transit already last year in 2023 when, when Pluto first dipped into Aquarius. But this year, by the end of 2024, Pluto will firmly move into Aquarius, where it will stay for the next two decades. So for most people, this represents a period of profound transformative experiences that come as a result of being exposed to things that are, are different than your starting point. So sometimes this means being exposed to different cultures or different peoples as a result of travel or as a result of foreign cultures that open up your eyes to different ways of living. In other instances, the ninth house and transits like this can represent um, going into a period where you're exposed to new belief systems um, and new ways of thinking about the world, which can even be like political beliefs, but it can also represent religious beliefs. So I've seen people go through complete uh, sort of like religious transformations or um, transformations with respect to their 
uh, politics or their political beliefs during this time. So this can be ultimately a positive transit, but you should try to exercise restraint in terms of there can be a tendency to go overboard or to go too far and to pick up something that's new, but then as like a new, let's say a new convert to something to take it a little bit further and to, to lack moderation in terms of your adoption of that thing. So everybody, you know, likes getting into something new and then getting deep into it and, and um, researching it heavily, but just um, try not to go too far because sometimes if you go too far when it comes to a new belief or a new worldview, it can lead to a sort of extremism that can be a little bit much. So try to take it easy if you can. And if you do that, I think you'll experience the more positive manifestations of this transit, which can be very positive transformations uh, where you're leaving your old sort of beliefs and worldview behind and you're moving into a period where your beliefs become quite different than what you had before. So um, yeah, so that's the last transit that I wanted to mention. And that transit will be, got, will be ongoing over the course of the next 20 years. But this year it's important to pay attention to the early phases of it because it'll give you a preview of what's to come over the next two decades. All right, I think that's it in terms of the major transits that I wanted to mention this year. Um, here's the Mars retrograde dates. Here are the primary transits that I mentioned here in this horoscope. And here are some of the key dates for those watching the video version on YouTube that um, correlate with some of the different transits that I mentioned um, during the course of this horoscope. So um, I think that's it for this horoscope for 2024. For a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube, which you can find on my YouTube channel. Or if you're looking for good dates this year to do different things over the course of 2024, I recently released a report um, where I went through each of the next 12 months and I highlighted the most fortunate and auspicious dates for doing different types of ventures or starting new things using the principles of electional astrology. So I'm currently running a 15% off New Year's sale on that report, and you can get it at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right. Thanks for watching this horoscope. Good luck next year. Um, let me know in the YouTube comments how you're doing and um, what you're excited about in the coming year of 2024. And otherwise, I'll be back again next year to do the horoscopes again one year from now. So good luck. Have a great year. And I'll see you again next next year. All right. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano.
If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer Magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024, you can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Cancer for the entire year of 2024. So let's jump right into it. So the main keywords for you this year are career, home, family, beliefs, friends, enemies, and money of others. So in the rest of this forecast, I'm going to expand on and explain why I chose those keywords for you, and we'll sort of dive into them more, but I wanted to get to the point right from the start. All right, so let's start with our very first thing this year, which is I wanted to focus on the eclipses that are taking place in your fourth house of home and family and your 10th house of career. So eclipses represent major beginnings and major endings. So usually it's when one chapter ends and another begins. So um, these eclipses started last year in 2023, and it opened up a sequence of beginnings and endings when it comes to, on the one hand, your fourth house, which is your home, your living situation, but also your parents and your relationship with your parents, uh, if they're still around. So for many people, this can sometimes represent um, moving, for example, to, from one place to another and starting a new beginning in a new location. For others, it can represent a new chapter at home, like a major redesign or redecoration of your home and living situation. In other instances, it represents uh, a major new beginning when it comes to your relationship with your parents and perhaps something going on in their lives. So um, this should be a continuation of themes that already started to come up last year, but we'll see a, a continuation and culmination of some of those trends all the way into the later parts of 2024. Uh, the other eclipse that's taking place is up in your 10th house of career, so major beginnings and major endings when it comes to career. For some people, this may represent um, reaching an ending point when it comes to a current job or a current career, 
perhaps. Um, in some instances, people decide that they're no longer happy with where they're currently at, so they decide to quit one career and to move into a completely different field. So um, that's going to be a major part of the energy, especially around um, the March-April time frame, which is when the uh, uh, Aries eclipse takes place this year. Um, so those are the eclipses. Uh, let's move on to the next section, which is talking about the Saturn transit that's going to be happening, or is already happening actually, in your ninth house. So the ninth house represents uh, one's beliefs, one's education, uh, both political beliefs, but also uh, sometimes religious or spiritual beliefs. And the Saturn transit started last March, and it usually represents a period of challenges but surmountable difficulties when it comes to this area. So in some instances, this means that people um, start questioning things about certain beliefs that they've had about the world, or they run into certain issues with um, education, and sometimes this can create a roadblock or um, a real internal crisis for a period of time, but eventually through much striving and through focusing on the issue and trying to get through it, eventually you can come to some new realizations and some new levels of security in terms of what you believe about the world and what your general outlook is when it comes to things. So um, getting stable with this, though, this year is going to be a little bit tricky because one of the things that's happening is that Saturn is going to conjoin Neptune um, around the June-July time frame. And Saturn can represent things that are very like realistic, whereas Neptune can represent illusions and fantasy. So there's some sort of tension here where Saturn is kind of bringing some really cold, hard truths to an area where you've maybe had some illusions for the past several years. And the attempt to reconcile some of these things is going to be one of your main challenges this year. So that's why I said nebulous challenges regarding education and beliefs. Um, some of these trends are going to be heightened, and you're going to see the spotlight really put on them even more so later in the year in September, because we're going to have the first in a series of eclipses that's going to take place, which is going to represent an ending and a new beginning for you in this area of your life. And then that eclipse in September will be the first in a series of eclipses that are going to take place there over the course of the next year and a half, all the way into 2025. So major beginnings and major endings when it comes to beliefs. Um, sometimes this can also represent travel, interaction with foreign cultures or foreign countries, um, and other things like that. So um, let's move on to some of the most positive transits that you have going on this year. The first one I wanted to highlight is the first half of the year, you have Jupiter's transit through your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances. And Jupiter's going to meet up with and conjoin the planet Uranus um, in May, which is going to represent an opportunity for unexpected growth um, when it comes to friends and groups and alliances. So this is a transit that started um, last year in 2023, but it's going to reach its culmination here in the first half of 2024, where you're going through this pre this period of expanding your friend group, of maybe connecting with new um, 
sort of groups of people who have similar beliefs or similar interests. And generally, it's a very optimistic time in which a person um, can be where a person can find it much more easy to make friends and to grow their social circle than at other times in their life. In particular, once Jupiter meets up with Uranus uh, in May, I would take advantage of any opportunities or be on the lookout for any opportunities that may come to you as a result of friends or alliances at this time, because even though it may come from an unexpected source, um, it could be very beneficial. So that's one of the most positive transits that you have going on this year. Another positive transit is starting in June, Jupiter is going to ingress into your 12th house. And the 12th house usually represents, um, on the one hand, if the 11th is friends, then the 12th house represents either people that you don't get along with in your life, or in some instances, it actually represents outright enemies or people who work against you in some way. So when you're having a positive Jupiter transit through your 12th house, though, oftentimes this means that there can be instances where you can reconcile with people who were formerly, formerly en enemies, or you can come to some sort of agreement with them, or in other instances, if you were previously having conflicts and battles with these types of people, you may find yourself in a situation where you're sort of victorious um, in some sort of dispute with them, which can be very positive. Um, another area for Jupiter in the 12th house can be um, the internal world and dealing with one's mental health and really focusing on this area, which in one ways, uh, some ways can be somewhat isolating and that it can tend towards leading you to be a little bit more secluded in the second half of the year than you were in the first half of the year where you were much more social. But on the other hand, sometimes by going inwards and working on ourselves, um, we can actually find things out about ourselves and we can come to new realizations about the nature of our life that are actually very important. And I think that's going to be an, a really important theme for you that's going to be while subtle, um, very positive, and perhaps one of the most positive things that you'll eventually emerge from the second half of 2024 with is that Jupiter transit through your 12th house. All right, so those are two of the positive transits this year. Um, one area of potential difficulties is the Mars retrograde later this year, which is gonna take place in Cancer and Leo. And Leo, it, where the transit will begin, is your second house of finances, and Cancer is, of course, your rising sign, which signifies both your body, but as well um, also your mind. And more broadly speaking, the first house represents our sense of self, um, opposite to the seventh house, which represents our relationships. So these two areas are going to be sources of potential tension and irritation for the last few months of the year, basically. So for some people, this may mean that you need to um, exercise caution when it comes to spending or when it comes to investing or other financial matters, because a Mars transit through the second house can be a little bit challenging for one's finances. In other instances, when Mars goes back to your first house to Cancer, um, that can mean that it can be good to exercise caution and restraint when it comes to your physical body and to not do anything um, impetuous or like risky where you could like risk getting into an accident as a result of doing something 
um, off the cuff or doing something that you maybe weren't supposed to be doing. Um, another side effect of this transit is sometimes when Mars goes through the first house, it can represent a period in which we're more agitated or more irritable than at other times in our life. So it can be good to try to exercise restraint there as well so that you don't initiate conflicts or get into fights with people. Uh, because even um, little arguments or fights during this time that don't seem that important could blow up and become much larger or much more long-term conflicts if you're not careful. So that's my main piece of advice is to exercise restraint and caution and try to keep yourself cooled down uh, during the latter half of the year or the latter I shouldn't say half, the last few months of the year, just because you may feel yourself being a little bit more hot-headed than normal. So that's the Mars retrograde transit. The last transit I want to mention is um, Pluto is departing from your seventh house of relationships, and it's moving into your eighth house, which represents shared finances and other people's money. So if you have a partner, this can um, indicate a period in which there can be transformative experiences surrounding um, other people's money and the topic of money that belongs to others um, in your life in general. So sometimes this can be a positive thing. Um, other times it can indicate a period where there's a little bit more issues surrounding control and, and power moves um, or even manipulation involving other people's money than at other times in your life. Um, uh, another topic that can come up sometimes during this is issues surrounding mortality, where uh, our own mortality or other people's mortality becomes uh, more of the focus in our life or becomes more relevant for some reason, just in terms of thinking about and contemplating that. So those are some of the themes with that transit, and it's going to be kind of a long-term transit, so it's something that isn't going to necessarily be a singular event that all happens at once, but it's good to start paying attention to it if any of those themes come up this year, because they could turn out to be more relevant for you in the long term, so it's good to get a handle on them early on in the transit. All right, I think those are all the main transits, so that is why... Uh, my main keywords for you this year are career, home, family, beliefs, friends, enemies, and the money or the finances that belong to others. So I think that's it for this horoscope for this year. Here's the main transits that I was talking about for those watching the video version. Here's some of the dates associated with that transits, with those transits. And otherwise, um, that is it for this horoscope for 2024. So for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Um, otherwise, if you're looking for good dates to start or to do things during the course of the year, I recently released my 2024 electional astrology report, which lists fortunate dates in each of the next 12 months to launch different types of ventures and activities using the principles of electional astrology. So I'm doing a 15% off sale right now for New Year's, and you can find out more about that report at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, uh, good luck this year uh, with your transits, Cancer, and I'll see you again next year for the hor horoscope for 2025. So have a great year. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrology podcast.
shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer Magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your horoscope for Leo for the entire year of 2024. All right, so let's jump into it. So the main keywords for you this year and the main themes are beliefs, finances, career, friends, self, enemies, and relationships. So those are the main themes that I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to spend the rest of this video kind of uh, expanding on that to talk about what transits uh, coincide with each of those topics being activated for this year in your birth chart. All right, so let's pull up your chart for the year. So this is for Leo rising. All right, so the first transit I want to talk about is um, some of the eclipses that are taking place this year in your ninth house of belief and your third house of communication. So this is a continuation of eclipses that already started last year in 2023 that represent a, a sequence of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to these topics in your life. So the ninth house represents education, it represents beliefs, it represents um, our religious views or spiritual or philosophical views. It can also represent uh, foreign travel and exposure to foreign places, people, and things. So there's some major new beginnings and major endings for you going on in this area of your life. And some of this may be educational, some of it may have to do with travel, 
But at the core of it, it has to do with your beliefs about the world and what you think the world is like and what your outlook is fundamentally and philosophically. There's some things that you may be learning that are new, and there's other things where you may have reached an ending point in terms of your belief in those things, and you may go through a transition at this point. So this is some th things that already started last year, so it should represent the continuation, but also the culmination of that this year, especially around the April timeframe when there's a major eclipse that's going to take place in Aries. So in terms of the third third house <clears throat> and the Libra eclipses, so the third house represents communication primarily, which is ironic because I'm having trouble communicating right now. The third house represents communication. It can also represent um, if the ninth house is what we believe about the world and what we've learned, the third house is how we communicate that to other people. And there may be some things that you're learning about how you communicate and how you might be able to communicate differently through different mediums or how you might be able to communicate more effectively. So look for some major new beginnings when it comes to that topic and major ways that you could start a new chapter of your life when it comes to communication this year. Um, the third house also can represent siblings. Um, short distance travel and mobility like your car, as well as um, the third house's neighborhoods and uh, the people around you in your immediate neighborhood or vicinity. So there may be some major beginnings or endings when it comes to those topics as well during the course of 2024. All right, let's look at other topics. I wanted to shift gears to the eighth house and Pisces, which is where You've had a Saturn transit that's been happening over the past year since March of 2023. Um, this year, Saturn is going to move into a conjunction with Neptune, which is where we get some ideas of like nebulousness or nebulous challenges. Um, and it's going to be combined with an, some added emphasis in September of an eclipse that's going to take place in Pisces. So the eighth house primarily represents um, shared resources with a partner or other people's money. So this could include things like um, debt, taxes, um, your partner's income if you have a partner, and even things like inheritance. So um, with Saturn going through this house, sometimes it represents a period of challenges or surmountable difficulties that arise in this area but they're usually difficulties that you're able to overcome or you're able to get through through a lot of hard work and effort. So for example, like um, adopting better strategies for paying off debt can be one good way to deal with a Saturn transit through the eighth house. Um, one of the only issues with this transit is just that because Neptune's there, some of the issues and challenges are going to be a little bit nebulous and a little bit hard to pin down so that you may not know where the issue is coming from, and it may take you a while to really get a good grasp on it. Um, I think this should become even more of the focus, though, in September when this transit is highlighted by that eclipse that's going to take place there in Pisces. And then there'll be sort of like a spotlight that's really shown on that area to emphasize it and draw your attention to it more. 
Um, sometimes with inheritance, there can also be issues surrounding mortality, where for some reason the idea of mortality, whether it's your own or others, can come up and become more prominent in your life for some reason. Um, but that can often be constructive, like doing things like writing a will or something like that can be a constructive use of that energy. All right, so let's move on to some of the more positive transits this year, where <clears throat> I wanted to highlight some of the Jupiter transits. And one of them is the Jupiter transit in the first half of the year through your 10th house of career. So my primary keywords for this are unexpected opportunities with career and life direction. So this is through Taurus, um, basically from January through May, and it sort of culminates in May with this Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in your 10th house. And Jupiter represents opportunities and growth, and Uranus represents um, unexpected things, things that come out of nowhere. So the combined meaning is unexpected opportunities in terms of your career and your overall life direction. So in the first half of the year, and especially in May, I would be on the lookout for opportunities for growth and expansion when it comes to career. There may be some opportunities that come your way that could be like getting a promotion or switching into a new career field that could be beneficial for you or more high paying. Um, think of, try to think outside of the box when it comes to this transit, though, because Uranus re usually rewards um, uniqueness it rewards doing things that are like different than what the standard or what what is normal and sometimes when you think outside of the box with uranus transits you can find that there are opportunities there that you didn't otherwise think were possible or that other people may have overlooked so that should be a great transit for career matters this year um after that i wanted to highlight the problems here the 11th house transit because in june uh, jupiter is going to move into your 11th house of friends groups and alliances and this is going to indicate and begin a six month period at least actually a, a period that will last a little bit longer than six months but will last for the entirety of the second half of this year of growth and expansion when it comes to groups friends and alliances so for many people this can mean things like making new friends expanding your social circle starting to connect with other people that have similar interests uh, as you either in terms of like um personal things that you enjoy like hobbies or even in terms of like political interests or similar beliefs in some sense basically people that have like-minded interests so the entire second half of the year but especially june in particular is going to pitch, um, present some opportunities for making new friends and expanding your social circle and that's probably going to be one of the most positive transits of the year besides the 10th house career transit that happens in may so i would be on the lookout for it and i would um, try to take advantage of it in order to expand your so social circle while you can during this time all right let's see other transits this year there is going to be a mars retrograde period that's going to take place uh, late in the year, especially in the last two months, especially like the um, October, November, September timeframe. And my primary keywords for this transit is it's going to take place um, in your first house of body and self and your 12th house of enemies and self undoing. 
So Mars transits can be kind of irritating and they can indicate tensions surrounding these areas. So with the first one, it can be tensions surrounding your body or tensions surrounding your mind, um, which can indicate like a period of um, greater irritability where you may find yourself more irritable and prone to get into arguments with people for a period. Um, it can also get a, um, indicate a period where you're more impulsive than at other times so that you could do things impulsively that could get you into trouble. So it's a good idea to exercise restraint and caution, both so that you don't um, sort of like get into an accident as a result of acting impulsively and do something that like hurts you physically, but also in order to restrain yourself in another sense, um, sort of mentally or character wise, so that if you're more irritable during this time, you don't start any major fights with people that could have been avoided. Because sometimes with Mars retrograde uh, transits, you can initiate what seems like a small fight, which later turns out to be a much bigger and more long lasting one, especially if you act um, thoughtlessly during that period. All right, so that's the Mars transit through your first house. The 12th house part is the 12th house usually relates to enemies because it's the counterpart to the 11th house, which signifies friends. So what's interesting is that on the one hand, while you're going to be growing your social circle in the second half of the year with the positive 11th house transit for friends, you need to be careful because with Mars going retrograde in your 12th house, this can also indicate um, conflicts with people that you don't get along with, or even sometimes people that are outright enemies or that attempt to undermine you. So because this is a retrograde, um, sometimes it has a backwards looking function. So it may indicate um, enemies or people that you don't get along with from the past coming back into your life for some reason. This doesn't have to be a huge deal necessarily, but it's something to pay attention to and something to, again, try to exercise some caution or some restraint. That way you don't um, create any larger conflicts that, that might be avoidable if you had only sort of restrained yourself instead of diving headfirst into it somewhat impulsively. If you're able to do that, it should be fine though. All right, the final transit that I wanted to mention is that Pluto's moving into Aquarius this year in 2024, and this is going to um, inaugurate a period of transformative experiences with respect to relationships that will uh, actually last for quite a long time because Pluto transits move so slow. So a Pluto transit through the seventh house, the seventh house represents marriage, partnership, relationships. Um, usually it just indicates a period where there are these intense experiences that draw us in and draw our attention and cause some deep like core transformations within us as a result of interactions with other people. So this can be typically like a relationship um, transformation, whether it's a new relationship coming into your life at this time, or whether it's having this sort of experience through an old relationship, the point of it is just that your relationships are going to be much more deep and much more intense for a period of time with Pluto moving into this sector of your chart. So um, that can be a good thing or that can be a challenging thing, but it'll be important to pay attention to what sort of themes start to arise for you in relationships this year, because it may give you a preview of some themes that are going to become much more long-term ones um, in the future. So definitely pay attention to it. All right, so those are all of the main things I wanted to cover today. So that's the reason why my keywords for this year are beliefs, 
finances, career, friends, self, enemies, and relationships. Um, so here's the main transits that I was correlating that with for those watching the video version. Here's some of the dates associated with them, just so you can refer to that later on if you want to. And otherwise, I think that's it for this horoscope for 2024. So if you'd like a more detailed breakdown of some of the transits this year, be sure to check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Um, otherwise, for good dates to do things next year, I recently released uh, my 2024 electional astrology report where I go through and I pick out the best dates that are the most fortunate for doing different things over the course of the next year. I'm doing a 15% off sale on that right now, so you can find it at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. Otherwise, I think that's it for this horoscope. So thanks a lot for watching. Good luck this year, and I'll see you again next year uh, for the horoscopes for 2025. All right, take care. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your Year Ahead Horoscope for Virgo for the entire year of 2024. All right, let's jump into it first. I wanted to say the main themes that you're going to encounter this year, which are finances, relationships, beliefs, 
career, friends, enemies, and health. So those are some of the main themes that you're going to encounter this year, and I'm going to spend the rest of this video expanding on what transits um, are associated with the activation of those themes in your life and what the timeframes are and everything like that. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. All right, so the first transit that I wanted to highlight that you're having this year is a continuation of the eclipses that are happening in your second house of finances and your eighth house of shared resources. So these eclipses started last year, and my keyword for eclipses is uh, major beginnings and major endings. So for you, this is major beginnings and major endings when it comes to finances and shared resources. So for some people, this indicates um, fluctuations in finances. For others, it represents maybe you've gone as far as you can with a certain um, manner of making money and you come to the end of that. So it's the end of one chapter, but then the end of one chapter opens up a new chapter so that there are new opportunities for growth and um, financial success during the course of the year. Um, Part of this, though, is taking place in the context of your eighth house, which represents other people's money and shared resources. So sometimes this indicates the resources of a partner, if you're married or have a relationship partner, that there's something about your partner's resources that are suddenly affecting yours and some changes in that area. Um, in other instances, the eighth house can represent things like debt, um, inheritance, uh, it can represent taxes and other things like that. So pay attention to these areas of your life because this seems to be getting a lot of activity this year um, of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to financial matters. So that's the first transit I wanted to highlight. The next transit I wanted to highlight is talking about um, these transits through your seventh house of relationships that are happening this year, especially initially the Saturn transit through Pisces and the Saturn-Neptune conjunction that's going to take place around June-July timeframe. So my primary keyword for this is nebulous challenges regarding relationships, where um, Saturn going into your seventh house usually represents a period of surmountable difficulties for relationships where sometimes some relationships cool off or others can sometimes come to an end where you can find that you run into some obstacles or some difficulties and you may decide at this time that there's some relationships that have kind of reached the end of their lifespan and you don't want to proceed further. On the other hand, sometimes these are surmountable difficulties where something comes up, but you decide to work through it. And if you put in a lot of effort and a lot of dedication to overcome those obstacles, then you can emerge from this period with a much stronger relationship than you had going into it. Um, the only issue here, though, is because Saturn is going to be conjoining Neptune, Neptune um, is kind of nebulous, and it makes it harder to grasp exactly what the issues are and where they're coming from. And there's this inherent tension between Neptune, which represents um, illusions and idealism versus Saturn, which represents like the cold, hard reality. And there's going to be some sort of tension for you this year between sort of idealism versus realism when it comes to your relationships. So this is going to be heightened 
um, even more so around the September timeframe because there's going to be an eclipse in Pisces, which is going to indicate a period of major endings and major beginnings for relationships. So some people start new major relationships during those times or other people end relationships at those times or at least end a major chapter of a current relationship at the very least. So that's going to be one of your main areas of activity this year is relationships. Um, moving on to some of the more positive things, I wanted to talk about some of the Jupiter transits that you're having this year. In the first half of the year, you've got Jupiter going through your ninth house of travel, religion, education, beliefs, um, and interaction with foreign cultures and foreign places. And especially in May, Jupiter is going to conjoin Uranus, which presents the potential for unexpected opportunities with respect to this area of your life. May it, whether it's beliefs, whether it's travel, whether it's education, there's some sort of opportunity that comes here that's sort of sudden and somewhat unexpected, especially around the May timeframe. So for many of you, because the ninth house represents beliefs and education, it may represent um, starting to learn something new about the world and starting to, to expand your horizons in some way that's new and unexpected for you. In other instances, it may present the opportunity to go on a trip or to take um, a trip or, or travel to a foreign country in a way that's new and exciting for you in order to see a place that you haven't seen before. That's kind of the energy of this transit, especially in the first half of the year, but culminating in particular around the May timeframe. So that's the first positive transit. The other really positive transit for you this year is Jupiter in June is going to move into Gemini, which is your 10th house of career and overall life direction. So this represents a period of growth with respect to your career and life direction where um, if you're already in a current line of work, you could get a promotion or you could see some sort of advancement in your current career field. The 10th house also represents reputation, so it can be a very good period for your reputation in general and hitting a new height in terms of that. I would take advantage of this transit to look for different opportunities for growth in your chosen career field because the second half of this year in particular, especially in June, is going to be um, just full of possibilities and full of potentials for growth. And it would be good if you had your eyes open and you took advantage of any of those opportunities when they presented themselves to you. All right, so that is the Jupiter transit. I wanted to move on and talk about um, the Mars retrograde that's going to take place later in the year. So. This Mars retrograde is going to be taking place in Leo and Cancer, which is your 12th and 11th houses. So Mars transits can be kind of tense. They can bring hidden tensions to the forefront in our life. And for you, this is taking place in the 11th house of friends and the 12th house of enemies. So it may be tying together these two topics in your life where it could bring some hidden tensions to the forefront with respect to your friendships. And there may be some friends in your life who become enemies or become people that you don't get along with for a period of time. Or alternatively, there may be some enemies that you clash with that suddenly become friends. So since this is a retrograde period, some of the energy of this period can sometimes involve bringing things from the past into the present. In this instance, it would be bringing some tensions um, 
from the past and resurfacing some of those tensions in the present, whether those are tensions with friends or tensions with enemies or people that you don't get along with very well. That's kind of the energy of this transit during the last two or three months of the year. So as long as you deal with that energy and you sort of um, exercise restraint and caution, it shouldn't necessarily be too bad, but just try to avoid um, getting into any conflicts or fights that are unnecessary or that you don't need to get into, or at least make sure that if you initiate a conflict that you're okay if it becomes a bigger conflict than you might think at first. Because that's one of the things about Mars retrogrades is sometimes we can start a little fight thinking that it'll just come and go over the course of a day or two, but then for reasons outside of our control, it can become much larger than we expected at first. So just be careful getting into any major conflicts at this time, unless you really are prepared to deal with something that could be uh, a little bit more drawn out than you're anticipating. All right, so that's the Mars transit. The last transit I wanted to mention is um, Pluto's gonna go into Aquarius, which is your sixth house of work and health. So. This can indicate a period of transformative experiences when it comes to either your workplace and what you do for work, or it can be a period of transform transformation with respect to your health and your body. So sometimes this can be a little bit challenging. There can be challenging issues that force uh, that that come up and force us to dig deep and to research things very deeply in order to come up with solutions for these issues. So if this is happening in, with respect to health, um, there may be some things where you have to um, really dig in deep and research things deeply in order to figure out um, a solution to some long-standing issues that you've had in the past that now suddenly require more long-term attention and uh, resolution of some sort. If this is happening in the workplace, sometimes there can be issues with um, issues of power control, manipulation, and other issues, especially if you find yourself in a management position. If you have people that are working underneath you as subordinates, there can be issues with um, control and intrigue and manipulation when it comes to, to those people. So just be very careful if you enter into any situations like that, because sometimes it can be somewhat problematic. Um, but as long as you're aware of that and you exercise caution, it shouldn't lead to any major issues that shouldn't be like outside of uh, something that you can handle. All right, so those are the major transits that I wanted to mention this year, and that's the reason why the main keywords this year are finances, relationships, beliefs, career, friends, enemies, and health. So I think that's it for this forecast for this year. Here are the main transits that I talked about for those watching the video version. And here are some of the key dates for some of those transits, just to give you an idea and a reminder of the timeframes. But other than that, I think that's it for this forecast for 2024. So if you'd like a more detailed breakdown of the transits for next year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. And if you're looking for good dates to do things next year, I recently released my 2024 electional astrology report where I went through and I 
outlined all of the most fortunate dates for starting different ventures and for doing things during the course of the next 12 months. So I'm running a 15% off New Year's sale on that right now. And you can find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, that's it for this forecast. Good luck next year. Good luck this year. And I'll see you next year for the horoscope for 2025. So good luck and take care. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrology podcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play. Or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer Magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year-ahead horoscope and astrology forecast for the zodiac sign of Libra for the entire year of 2024. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So your main keywords this year to summarize Libra are self, relationship, health, money, learn, friends, career, and children. So these are some of the main topics that are going to be activated for you during the course of this year based on the transits. And I want to spend the rest of this video uh, expanding on that and talking about the specific transits that will activate different parts of your chart and different topics in your life. 
So I wanted to start first with the eclipses where we're going to see a continuation of an eclipse series that started last year in 2023 and it's going to continue on into 2024. And these eclipses are happening in your first house of self, mind, and body and your seventh house of relationships. So eclipses represent major beginnings and major endings in the area of life that they fall. So for many of you then, because this eclipse series is bouncing back and forth between your first house of self and your seventh house of relationships, part of the purpose of this time is figuring out how to balance your own personal needs um, as a person and, and what your goals and desires and wishes are versus the needs of other people that you're in relationships with, especially close personal one-on-one, -on -one, um, often romantic relationships. So you'll probably swing back and forth between putting more emphasis on yourself versus putting more emphasis on others during the course of this year at different points. And eventually the, the goal is to reach balance in the end. Uh, but with eclipses happening in your seventh house, sometimes this means if you're not in a relationship, it can indicate a major new relationship coming into your life, um, especially around the April time frame, which is when the eclipse in Aries will take place. Uh, for those of you that are in relationships already, sometimes it can indicate the end of a chapter in that relationship and the need to start a new chapter for some reason. Um, in some extreme instances, if a relationship has reached the end of its sort of life cycle, then eclipses can sometimes indicate the end of a relationship, which then will open you up and make space for other new ones to come into your life. Um, let's see, other things, focusing on mind, body, self, appearance, and other first house type topics are definitely the potential for the Libra eclipses, which will take place both in March and then again um, later in the, the year in early October. So pay attention to some of those topics because some of them may profoundly change your sense of self and who you are and how you appear to the world in some pretty significant ways. All right, so those are the eclipses that are taking place throughout the course of the year at different points. The next thing I wanted to move on to talking about is um, the Saturn transit and other transits happening in Pisces this year, which is going through your sixth house of work and health. So Saturn transits tend to represent challenges and often surmountable difficulties is my keyword for Saturn. And Saturn's meeting up with Neptune this year, especially around the June-July timeframe. And usually Neptune represents things that are nebulous or mysterious or, or that are like sort of like um, illusions, whereas Saturn represents the cold hard facts and reality and truth of things. So when you get these two together, you end up with um, a bit of a tension in this sector of your life, in the sector of your chart. So that's why my primary keyword for this transit is nebulous challenges surrounding work and health. So um, that's going to be part of what you're trying to work out this year. So when it comes to health, that means there may be some health issues coming up that you feel like you need to address. This doesn't always mean that it's an actual like crisis or something like that, but rather it could just be something where you're trying to put more um, routines into your life for health matters. You're trying to improve health slowly and incrementally. 
um, the challenge will be balancing um, optimism and idealism with realism about what is within your, your capability of doing. Um, if there are any health things associated with this transit, it can be tricky because sometimes Neptune things are hard to get a grasp on and can be um, so nebulous that they're hard to pin down. So that may be part of the tension this year is trying to figure out um, where things are coming from and how to address them as one of the themes. So I think some of this will become a little bit more prominent in September when we're going to get the first eclipse in the sign of Pisces that will really put a spotlight on this area even more so than it was earlier in the year in especially June and July. So that's one area to pay attention to. Um, the sixth house can also pertain to work. So some of the issues that I just mentioned may relate to nebulous challenges surrounding work and the workplace. And especially if you find yourself in a sort of managerial position with subordinates, there could be some challenges um, that are kind of uh, nebulous with subordinates and dealing with them and some setbacks that you have to work on but then eventually overcome. Um, but all of that should be manageable. All right, so that is that transit through your sixth house this year, which is one of the more long-term ones that's that's going to be off and on this year. Um, the next one I want to focus on some more positive transits that are happening involving Jupiter. So one of them is this transit of Jupiter through your eighth house of shared resources, um, other people's money, and a Jupiter transit through your 8th house is actually quite positive because it indicates a period of growth and expansion in this area. And Jupiter is actually going to meet up with and conjoin Uranus uh, in the May timeframe, like April-May timeframe. And my main keyword for this is that it presents um, unexpected opportunities involving the resources of others. So for some people, this represents um, the resources of your partner. If you're in a long-term relationship, they may have some sort of sudden financial windfall or get um, a raise at work or have some sort of inheritance come their way, since the inheritance is definitely an eighth house topic that can come up. Um, but the eighth house also can be um, other people's money in general more broadly, even outside of your partner's finances. So sometimes this can involve things like taxes, debt, um, even investments, or other things like that um, that give you some sort of positive uh, period of growth and financial windfall at this time, especially ones that are unexpected or come from a sector that you didn't think of um, that sort of come out of nowhere. So the eighth house sometimes has to do with issues surrounding mortality. So in some instances, this could also mean something positive along those lines, which can mean things surrounding like an inheritance or some other scenario like that. So that transit's gonna be happening for the entire first half of the year um, and then culminating around the late April timeframe when Jupiter conjoins Uranus exactly. All right, so my other most positive transit for you this year is that Jupiter in June is going to move into the sign of Gemini, which is your ninth house of education, learning, philosophy, beliefs, religion, um, travel, and foreign countries and foreign places. 
So this is going to initiate a period of growth and learning and expansion when it comes to these topics in particular. So some people um, start learning new things. They take a, a new course of study at this time and they start expanding their horizons by learning and expanding what they know. Um, other people take a major trip, like an international trip or a major long distance trip um, that also broadens and expands their horizons and, and exposes them to things that they hadn't thought of or hadn't learned previously. Um, other things, it can also be a period where, so learning, travel, um, sometimes beliefs. Uh, the ninth house can represent religion and philosophy and our personal belief systems. And sometimes we can learn new things about the world um, that expand the scope of how we think the world works and what our place is in it. And I think this is one of the most positive transits actually that you're having this year, um, especially starting in June, there's gonna be a bunch of planets moving through Gemini. So I think it's gonna be relevant, especially at that point, but even on into the entire second half of uh, 2024, Jupiter's gonna be transiting through Gemini. So we'll see a continuation of some of those themes during the second half of this year and on into 2025. So that's definitely one of the most positive transits that I'm most excited about for you this year. Um, all right, so moving on, um, another major transit that's happening this year is the planet Mars is going to go retrograde in the signs of Cancer and Leo, which is your 11th house of friends and your 10th house of career. So Mars retrogrades can sometimes raise tensions. They can be kind of tense transits that raise tensions in the area of the chart that they go retrograde in. So for you, this is tensions surrounding friends and career. And some of these tensions may be happening separately or independently in terms of having new, new tensions with friends or friend groups or alliances. Um, or they may be happening um, together so that it ties together the topics of both friends and career. So my main piece of advice here is that you should just be careful about starting conflicts with friends at this time, or at least if you do, if it's necessary, because sometimes you have to address things when they come up, um, just to be aware and not to fly off the handle or do anything that you might regret later because sometimes a small conflict started during a Mars retrograde that you think shouldn't last more than a day or two can blow up into a much longer term conflict that has more far-reaching implications than you might anticipate at first. So um, with this transit, some of the worst case scenarios are like severing and separation and loss of friends with Mars in the 11th house. And with Mars in the 10th house, it can mean more conflict at work, um, having clashes with superiors, or even having some sort of severing or separation when it comes to your job and career um, at this time are potentials of that transit and the sort of worst case scenarios. But all of these could be manageable as long as you just go into them um, aware of some of the possibilities and uh, try to exercise caution and restraint as much as you can during this time. So this Mars retrograde transit is happening, especially the last two months of the year is when it really heats up um, and it'll continue a little bit on into next year. All right, so um, those are those main transits. There was one last transit I wanted to mention, which is Pluto's going into the sign of Aquarius this year for a while, and Aquarius is your fifth house of 
um, uh, children, of um, play, of uh, leisurely activities, uh, creativity. The fifth house also relates to sex and sexuality. So Pluto uh, represents deep transformative experiences in whatever area of the chart that it transits. It's departing from your fourth house where it's been for over a decade, which is the house that has to do with home, family, living situation, and parents. And you're sort of going to be emerging during the course of this year of 2024 from a very long transit of having pretty intense transformative experience when it comes to those topics of home and family. And now the emphasis is going to shift to this other area of children, sexuality, um, and leisurely activities. And you're going to find that some of these topics are going to bring pretty deep transformative experiences into your life. So uh, this may involve things like having children, or if you already have children, things that are going on in the life of your children um, that's important and sort of transformative for you so that you go into it one way and you come out another. Sometimes even just having the process of having children can itself be a transformative experience. And for some people, it'll be as simple as that. Um, for others, since the fifth house relates to sex and sexuality, it can mean having some pretty deep or intense um, relationships or new relationships that come into your life that change uh, your views on sex and sexuality in some sort of profound way. Um, and finally, the last topic that sometimes comes up with the fifth house is like fun and games and leisurely activities, like what you do for fun in order to enjoy life and sort of blow off steam. Um, but some of these topics either becoming more intense for a period or potentially just taking much more of your focus so that maybe there's something you get really into and you decide to go really deep into that um, leisurely activity or that game or what have you just because it... Um, becomes so intensely fascinating to you. So all of this is all right as long as you exercise caution and restraint just because Pluto can sometimes take us or or, or uh, tend to go to extremes. And so whatever you do, if you do get into some new activity that's fun, just try to exercise a little bit of restraint and not go overboard, which might be your initial impulse with that transit. All right, so um, those are all of the main transits that I wanted to talk about this year. So that is why my primary keywords, just to reiterate once again for this year, are self, relationship, health, money, learn, friends, career, and children. All right, so that is it for this horoscope for 2024. Uh, thanks a lot for watching. If you'd like a more detailed breakdown of the transits for this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Or if you're looking for good dates to do things next year, for lucky dates to do things, I just recently released my 2024 electional astrology report, which gives fortunate dates for each of the next 12 months over the course of 2024 that you can use to launch different types of ventures and activities. So I'm doing a 15% off sale right now for New Year's, and you can find out more about the report at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, that's it for this horoscope. So good luck in 2024, Libra, and I'll see you again next year. All right, bye. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. 
In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024, you can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your Year Ahead Astrology and Horoscope Forecast for Scorpio for the entire year of 2024. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So your main keywords this year, Scorpio, are health, enemies, children, relationship, money, career, and home. So those are some of the main topics that are going to come up for you this year, are going to be the most prominent in your life. And I want to spend the rest of this forecast um, expanding on that and talking about which transits correlate with each, with each topic and um, what other different manifestations of those topics you might see come into your life. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar for the year for Scorpio and Scorpio rising. So the first transit that I was going to focus on is the eclipse series that's going to continue this year in Libra, which is your 12th house, and Aries, which is your 6th house. So the 6th house relates to work and health, and the 12th house relates to things like um, people you don't get along with in your life, which can sometimes be enemies. It can also relate to periods of isolation or even um, actions where we uh, sort of undermine ourselves without realizing it. So with eclipses, they always represent major beginnings and major endings. So it's going to be like the opening of a new chapter of your life for each of these topics. When it comes to the sixth house, um, that can mean 
uh, since it's relating to work, like some major new period at work or new beginning at work. Um, for those of you in a managerial position, it could be some sort of new chapter when it comes to somebody that works for you or somebody that supports you in some way. Uh, the sixth house also relates to health, um, especially physical health, whereas the twelfth house can relate to mental health. So this may represent a period where you're putting more attention towards your health than at other times in your life and starting to try new things and open up new avenues of trying to improve both physical health as well as mental health. So some people sometimes, for example, start a new diet or exercise regime um, when they're having major sixth house transits like this. Um, other times with the twelfth house eclipse, people can start um, seeing, a th seeing a new therapist or trying to um, do something in order to become more reflective and in order to work on their internal self while at the same time working on their external physical health. Um, this is kind of a continuation of some themes that already started last year because these eclipses began in 2023, but they'll continue through 2024, um, especially in April and yeah, late March and early April will be the first set of eclipses in these signs, and then there'll be another one uh, later in the year in October, at the beginning of October. So those should be some of the main themes that come up during that time, but the point of it, typically, especially with the health thing, is just um, finding new ways in order to improve your health, both in terms of your mind and your body. And as long as you're proactive, that should actually be a very good thing. Um, the last thing I meant to mention is the 12th house can also represent enemies, so sometimes it represents a new chapter when it comes to dealing with people in your life that you don't get along with and having to take new measures in order to make sure that people who might be undermining you do not go too far or that you put a stop to that if necessary. So sometimes it represents a new chapter of dealing with people that undermine us in our life, as well as sometimes new realizations about ways in which we undermine ourselves and don't even realize it, um, and ways to help improve that in our life as well, which can sometimes be tied in with like um, the mental health uh, sort of fixes that I mentioned earlier. All right, so those are the eclipses taking place there. Um, the other area that I wanted to talk about is some of the nebulous challenges surrounding your fifth house with this Saturn-Neptune conjunction that's taking place this year in your fifth house of children, leisure, and sex and sexuality. So Saturn typically represents um, challenges or surmountable difficulties that come up, and Neptune represents things that are illusory or nebulous or hard to uh, really grasp. Um, and what this represents is the potential for some challenges to come up in this area. So for example, some people, when they have fifth house transits, have issues arise with children where there's some sort of obstacle that they have to work through with their children, either in their relationship with them or in terms of um, something happening in the life of your child. But with Neptune there, it may be a little bit nebulous or hard to pin down exactly where it's coming from or what the issue is. Uh, arises as a result of, basically. And the tension between Saturn and Neptune, especially around the June and July time frame when they're both going to get really close within 10 degrees of a conjun conjunction, the tension is going to be um, telling what's real versus what's not real. Or in other instances, it can be a tension between 
um, doing the ideal thing versus doing the realistic thing. And those are going to be some of the tensions that you may wrestle with this year when it comes to that topic, either in terms of the topic of children in general or other people's uh, children, because it can also work as a more broad topic. Um, the fifth house also pertains to games and leisurely activities, like what you do for fun. And you may find some challenges or you may find yourself being a little bit more serious this year when it comes to this topic for some reason. This transit actually began last year in March of 2023. So this is a continuation of it, but we'll see an intensification of it this year because of the proximity of Saturn and Neptune. And then also do the eclipse later in September that I'll mention in a minute. So the other topic that the fifth house relates to is sex and sexuality. So with Saturn going through there, again, you may experience some surmountable difficulties that come up, but there's something that arises that presents an obstacle. Um, and it'll be a question of whether it's a complete roadblock where you can't proceed further with that avenue, or whether the other scenario is that it's a surmountable difficulty where if you just put a lot of work and dedication towards fixing it and overcoming it, that eventually you'll be able to you're able to get through that obstacle and it becomes a sort of like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type situation rather than one that just completely shuts things down. Um, but again, because of Neptune, the core roots of things are going to be a little bit nebulous and hard to grasp. So you may have to spend a lot of time just sorting through like what the actual issues are before you figure everything out this year. Um, this is going to become heightened, as I said, around the September time frame, because there's going to be the first of an eclipse there in Pisces in September, and that eclipse series is going to continue on into next year, into 2025. So that's really going to shine a spotlight on this area of your life starting especially in September, even though some of the things had already been building up prior to that point. Um, the eclipse is just going to make them uh, more necessary to address than they had been up to that point. All right, so that's the fifth house transits this year. Um, the other, I wanted to mention some of the really positive transits you have because there's some, actually some really good ones this year. The two most positive transits that you have this year, the first one is that Jupiter is transiting through your seventh house of relationships and it's going to conjoin Uranus in May. So this transit is good for the entire first half of the year and Jupiter usually represents a period of growth and expansion, but here, because it's conjoining Uranus in your seventh house of relationships, my primary keyword is that it represents a period of unexpected opportunities involving relationships, as well as the growth and expansion of relationships in your life during this time in general. So this is a really good time for relationships. Um, with Jupiter going through the seventh house, sometimes if people aren't in a relationship, they can find themselves in a relationship. If you are already in a long-term relationship, you can find um, that you go into a particularly like a good period for relationships for the entire first half of this year. And this is continuing on a transit that started last year. Um, with Uranus here, over the past several years, um, relationships may have been a lot different than normal or a lot different than previous. And there may be some things about your relationships that are kind of like odd or unique or off the beaten path. And some of those changes this year um, are going to be affirmed or sort of confirmed in some way by Jupiter in a way that should be very positive and sort of growth oriented. So this is one of the most positive 
transits that you're having this year that I really like because it's generally speaking good for relationships and I would pay attention especially to the May time frame the April May time frame for um, the the sudden unexpected potential for opportunities that you should keep an eye out for um, if they come along all right, so that is your seventh house transit. The other really positive transit that's happening this year is that in the second half of the year, starting in June, Jupiter will go into your eighth house of shared resources. So for many people, typically the eighth house represents the partner's finances, and a Jupiter transit through the eighth can indicate a period where maybe your partner has a sudden financial windfall of some sort, maybe they have an inheritance, or maybe you, you're, you yourself have an inheritance, because the eighth house represents other people's money in general, but oftentimes it's the way in which other people's money or resources ends up affecting you. Um, in this instance, because it's a Jupiter transit, it should be affecting you in a positive way um, through growth and expansion in this area. So a raise for the partner. Um, other instances, the eighth house can indicate things like um, debt, taxes, inheritance um, that, with respect to you, um, but all of these should be positive events that happen in some way or growth-oriented events in this area. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, the second most positive transit this year, and it has to do with finances and resources involving other people in your life. All right, so that is that transit. Let's move on to, I think, the Mars retrograde that's happening this year, which is happening in Cancer and Leo towards the end of 2024. And this is happening in your 10th house of career and your 9th house of education, travel, and beliefs. So Mars retrogrades typically coincide with uh, tensions in the area of our life that they go retrograde in. So my primary keyword for this is tensions surrounding career, as well as beliefs, education, and travel. So when you have a Mars retrograde in the 10th house, uh, that sometimes can indicate a period of conflict involving your career, conflict involving your job, or even involving superiors if there's people that are in a position over you. So sometimes these conflicts can um, result in a sort of severing or separation if you decide to leave one job or leave one career and move into another. Other times it can just uh, indicate an extended period of irritation and sort of annoyance with your situation without it necessarily being a big deal. The important point usually is to just exercise restraint so that you don't do something impulsive or something that you might regret in retrospect um, if you had been a little bit more careful. So basically avoid causing problems in your life when it comes to career and these other topics that happen as a result of um, just impetuousness or as a result of anger or irritability. Um, with Mars going retrograde in the ninth house as well, this could involve um, some conflicts surrounding um, education or beliefs. So um, for different people, sometimes the ninth house can represent like one's politics or one's religious beliefs and just views about the world in general. And there's something um, at this time where your beliefs are conflicting or causing you to get into uh, fights or conflict with others. Um, in other more tangible instances, the ninth house and a Mars retrograde transit can mean like um, having a trip where you run into difficulties or issues as a result of travel, since the ninth house is the place of travel in foreign countries. 
um, as well as just um, getting into conflicts with people that are from a different background than your own is a potential manifestation of this transit. Um, let's see, anything else? Education. Education is the last one that's very relevant with the ninth house. Sometimes that can indicate uh, conflict involving education. Other times it can mean um, severing or separating yourself from an educational path that you had been going down and deciding as a result of some sort of conflict that you have to go a different way rather than the way that you had been proceeding up to that point. So sometimes because it's a retrograde, this can be bringing up old issues from the past rather than new ones. Um, but typically, even if the experience is problematic or negative in some way at the time, typically if it forces you to go in a different direction than you would have gone otherwise, ultimately you'll end up working out for the best and being for a good reason or a good purpose in the long run when you look back on it in retrospect. So that transit's happening the last few months of the year, especially uh, in the November, December timeframe, and then it leaks into like 2025 a bit as well. All right, so the last transit I wanted to mention is the planet Pluto is moving into your fourth house of home and family and parents and private life. So my primary keyword for this is deeply transformative experiences with home and parents. So um, Pluto is a planet that makes us have some pretty intense, pretty deep experiences sometimes. So sometimes this can involve things with the parents and a period of having experiences with the parents that draw you in and, and cause you to have much more attention on this area than you have at other times in your life. And sometimes we can go things through things with our parents, either based on our relationship with them or based on things that are happening in their lives that can have a, a deeply transformative effect on us so that we go into it sort of one way at the beginning of that transit and we emerge quite different on the other side. So the fourth house sometimes relates to parents. In other instances, it can relate to your home and your living situation. So there may be some major changes that are happening or that are coming at home. And some of these may be a little bit challenging or a little bit difficult. Um, sometimes Pluto transits, both with respect to home or parents, can involve issues of like control, um, issues of like manipulation or power plays or things like that. Um, but basically situations in which you have to take your power back and take power into your own hands and like wield it carefully and ethically as much as you can. Um, but with respect to the home and living situation, some of these um, experiences that you're going to go through are going to have a deeply transformative effect in terms of uh, your home and living situation and just what is happening in your private life. Um, but ultimately, like with the Mars transit, it's one of those things where it may clear the way of some old things, but in doing so, it's going to make way for new things in this area of your life and new experiences that you'll appreciate in the future, but that you couldn't have had otherwise without going through this transit first. So this transit is really uh, getting going next year, and then it's going to last for a while after it goes into Aquarius this year in 2024. So it's not necessarily something that's all going to happen at once, but it's something to pay attention to any changes in this area of your life that start happening next year because they may have a much more uh, long-term impact than you might anticipate at first. 
All right, so those are the main transits that I wanted to go over for this year. Um, here is a list for those watching the video version of these transits. Here are some of the dates involved for each of the transits that I mentioned. Um, here's the Mars retrograde period. And otherwise, I think that is it for this horoscope for 2024. So uh, for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Or for good dates to do things next year, I recently released a report uh, where I went through and I picked out the best dates over the next 12 months for doing things in my 2024 electional astrology report, giving fortunate dates for the year ahead. So I'm doing a 15% off New Year's sale right now, and you can find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, good luck uh, in 2024. Have a great year, and I'll see you again next year. All right, take care. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrology podcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online, May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your Year Ahead Horoscope and Astrology Forecast for the Zodiac Sign of Sagittarius for the entire year of 2024. 
All right, let's jump right into it. So your main keywords this year, Sagittarius, are children, sex, friends, home, parents, work, health, relationship, communication, and siblings. So these are some of the main topics that are going to become prominent for you in different ways this year. And I'm going to spend the rest of this uh, forecast, the rest of this video, expanding on each of those topics and why they're important for you as well as how. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar. And I want to start first by talking about the eclipses that will be taking place in your fifth house of sex and fun and leisure and children and your 11th house of friends and groups and alliances. So this is a continuation of an eclipse series and some trends that started last year in 2023. And we'll see a continuation of some of that energy of major beginnings and major endings when it comes to these topics in your life during the course of this year, um, especially during eclipse season, which is around this year, March and April of 2024, as well as there's going to be one more eclipse in this um, axis in October. So with the 11th house eclipses in Libra, that's major beginnings and endings when it comes to friends and groups. So you've been entering a new chapter of your life where there's some new friendships that are starting and you may meet some people that maybe you don't think it's going to be a major uh, friendship at first, but then it turns out that that relationship grows and develops and becomes much more important in the long term than you anticipate at first. And there's going to be other friendships where you're going to find that you may reach have reached the end of the life cycle of that friendship, and there may be some friendships that fall away into the past and cease to be as important for you or come to, in some instances, an ending during the course of this year. Um, so the 11th house also has to do with social groups. So sometimes that can mean like joining a new social network or club or uh, finding other like-minded individuals that want to, that share similar beliefs or participate in similar activities would be a good use of this energy. Uh, with the fifth house eclipses, this is major beginnings and endings when it comes to children. So sometimes this can mean um, children become more important in your life for some reason, either your own children in terms of, for example, like having children, or in other instances, it can be other people's children that somehow become prominent in your life for some reason. But for some reason, the topic of children is becoming more prominent as a potential topic this year. The fifth house also has to do with sex and sexuality, so there's some sort of theme that started last year that continues into this year of moving into a new chapter in your life when it comes to sex and sexuality and some major changes that are happening in that area. The final thing is the fifth house has to do with uh, fun and games and leisurely activities and what you do basically for fun. So you may find that there are some things that you used to do for fun that you're no longer enjoying as much and maybe you stop doing. And there's other things that maybe you'll discover that you didn't know that you enjoyed, but that you start finding a lot of enjoyment in and you start putting a lot more focus in during the course of this year. So those are the eclipses that will be happening off and on throughout the course of this year. Um, the next thing I want to focus on is the Saturn transit, um, where Saturn's going to conjoin Neptune this year in your fourth house of home, family, uh, parents, and private life. So um, my primary keyword for this is nebulous challenges surrounding home and parents. Um, so Neptune's been transiting your 
your fourth house for years now, but Saturn just moved into this house just last year in March of 2023. And typically Saturn represents challenges and surmountable difficulties in the home and living situation. So there may be some things about your home and living situation that are kind of um, some challenges or some annoyances that are arising this year or some setbacks that you have to deal with. Um, but because Saturn's conjoining Neptune, some of these issues are kind of nebulous and it's hard to address them or hard to um, really pin down what the issue is or how to fix it. Um, Saturn-Neptune also, there's a tension between the ideal versus what's realistic, um, as well as trying to tell the, tr the difference between what's true versus what's false. So for some of you that's going to relate to your home and living situation and some challenges going on there, it, for others it may relate to your parents, either in terms of things happening in their life or in terms of your interaction and relationship with them and having some surmountable difficulties that come up that you have to work through and deal with, although they're made a little bit difficult by the Neptune part of this, which is the nebulousness and the difficulty in pinning down exactly what the solution is. So some of this is going to become more prominent and more pressing in September when there's going to be an eclipse in the sign of Pisces that's really going to put the spotlight and the emphasis on this part of your life even more so um, than before and more emphasis on your private life starting at this time in September. So that's one of the transits that I wanted to highlight because it seems like a major one for you this year in terms of just home and parents becoming more uh, of the focus for some reason. All right, let's talk about some of your best transits this year. So one of them is uh, the Jupiter transit through your sixth house of work and health. And Jupiter is going to meet up with and conjoin the planet Uranus. And my primary keyword for this, that, that conjunction goes exact in April, is um, unexpected opportunities involving work and health. So when Jupiter transits through the sixth house, it can be a period where sometimes we start focusing on our health more. Um, Uranus has been there for the past few years, so sometimes this can cause unexpected disruptions to our health. But when Jupiter comes in, it can provide unexpected solutions and a way to fix or to offset things that were bothering us previously. So sometimes this can be a good time to look into working on your physical health, um, seeing a new doctor, starting a new diet or exercise regime, and otherwise just pursuing growth and expansion in this area of your life, especially around the April timeframe, because there may be some unexpected opportunities come up which can really help you in this area when it comes to health. So that's the health side of things. The sixth house also pertains to one's work, where um, some of this, these similar opportunities for growth may be happening in terms of your workplace. Maybe there's some opportunity to grow or expand at work that you hadn't anticipated before, but it just comes out of nowhere. And if you're paying attention for it, you can kind of jump on it and take advantage of that opportunity. Um, sometimes the sixth house pertains to subordinates or people who work for you. So part for some people, this may be um, starting to work with somebody that really helps to support you in some significant way, especially in terms of your workplace. So that's one of the more positive transits this year. The other really positive transit you have this year, and the last one, the time frame is from the beginning of the year all the way through 
um, May. And then starting in June, the planet Jupiter is going to move into Gemini, which is your seventh house of relationships. So the key word for, for this transit is growth and expansion when it comes to relationships, uh, partnership, and potentially even marriage. So um, Jupiter transits through your seventh house are just positive for relationships in general. For some of you, if you're not in a relationship, this may bring a positive relationship into your life at this point. Or if you're already in a relationship, um, this may bring uh, just opening up a new chapter for you in terms of your relationship with your spouse and things just going better than usual uh, for some reason during the course of the entire second half of this year. Um, although it's really going to kick off in June when a bunch of planets are going to transit through Gemini at the same time, and that should be the focal point, but then Jupiter's going to stay in Gemini for the entire second half of 2024, so that should be very good for relationships. Um, so that's definitely one of the most positive uh, transits that you have this year. And sometimes with Jupiter in the seventh house, it can even be a good time to finalize or take a relationship to the next level, whatever that means in your individual situation. For some people in the most ideal scenario, it can mean like getting married or something like that. All right, so that is the most positive transit that you have this year. Let's see other transits going on. Um, so there is going to be a Mars retrograde this year in Leo and Cancer, which is your ninth house of travel and education, and it's your eighth house of shared resources, other people's money, and sometimes topics surrounding mortality. So with Mars retrograde in your ninth house, uh, this is kind of similar where, for example, the Venus retrograde took place last year in your ninth house in Leo, and for some people they took a major trip because the ninth house represents travel. Um, the ninth house also represents education, so there were educational opportunities. Here with this transit, my primary keywords are tensions surrounding beliefs, travel, and shared resources. Because Mars transits can be kind of irritating or can be kind of tense in that there can be um, more conflict in these areas of our life during the course of this long transit of Mars through this sign. So um, that could indicate some conflict involving education, and maybe you were going on one educational path, but then you decide for some reason that you have to stop that, and you have to go a different path, and you have to sever yourself from some relationship or some form of learning that you were doing up to that point. For some people, uh, the ninth house represents beliefs and religion or even their politics, and there may be something about this area that's getting you into greater conflicts during the course of this year, um, or having some forms of like strife or discord involving your beliefs. Um, I already mentioned travel and the potential for running into some issues with travel at this time, especially long distance travel. Um, the other part of this transit is the eighth house, and the eighth house usually represents shared resources, other people's money, and sometimes this represents the partner's finances if you're in a long-term relationship, and there can be um, some setbacks or some conflicts involving your partner's resources or involving the role of other people's money in your life in general. So sometimes this can refer to things like taxes, um, debt, or other things like that. And you're going to want to be careful during this time um, 
not to do things too impulsively, to think things through, and to avoid conflicts in this area. Because you could, for example, a scenario could be like you get into a conflict with a partner over some shared resources or shared finances, and what looks like it should just be a little blow up or a little conflict turns into a much larger one that has greater or more long-term implications than you imagined initially. So my main advice for this Mars transit that's happening the last, especially the last two or three months of the year, is just to exercise caution, to try to avoid doing things too impulsively in this area of your life, um, and to exercise restraint. Um, because especially during Mars transits, we can be more irritable and more prone to getting into fights. Um, but if you exercise some restraint, then you should be able to mitigate the worst possible scenarios of this transit just by avoiding um, starting conflicts that might get out of control otherwise. So that's my main piece of advice. All right. Um, the final transit that I wanted to mention is... Um, Pluto is departing from your second house of finances, and Pluto is moving into your third house, which represents communications, um, siblings, neighbors in your neighborhood, as well as extended family and relatives. So Pluto transits can indicate transformative experiences with respect to this topic, where for some reason you're drawn in and this area of your life becomes more intense for a period of time. So I think this is going to relate primarily because it's your third house of communication to the way that you communicate in the world and how you share what you know or what you believe. And this may draw in the Pluto transit a little bit that's going retrograde later this year where it's like that's indicating the potential for conflict surrounding beliefs, whereas Pluto is indicating some issues with how you communicate. So part of this transit may be learning how to communicate effectively and how to avoid some of the darker sides of Pluto, which can be issues with like control or manipulation or power plays. So um, for those of you that have siblings, sometimes this can relate to your relationship with your siblings and having some issues of like control or manipulation or some darker themes that you have to work through with them. That can also relate to like neighbors and having some issues with your neighbors or other extended relatives in family. Um, the third house can also relate to short distance travel, like how you get around your city, like driving or other short forms of communication. Um, but generally speaking, this is a pretty long-term transit, but I would just pay attention to any changes that start happening in this area of your life next year in 2024, um, because usually that can give you a preview of some of the major changes that are going to happen in the future as this transit continues to be active um, over the next few years. So um, yeah, deeply transformative experiences with communication and neighbors, uh, as well as potentially siblings, but you'll emerge out of some of those transformative experiences in a much different place than you were when you went into it. And even if some of those experiences are challenging or if they remove or clear the way of certain things in your life, they will then open up um, the opportunity for other things to move in and fill that spot that may not have existed or happened if, if that event hadn't happened. So ultimately it's a positive transit, but it's one that can be um, very deep and transformative in a way that changes you 
at a core level. And for you especially, I think changing the way that you communicate is going to be a very core part of that. Um, so it should be a very interesting transit to pay attention to and see how it goes this year in 2024. All right, I think that's it in terms of the major transits that I wanted to cover this year. Um, so uh, here's the major transits that I was talking about for those watching the video version. Here are some of the dates involved in some of those transits. Um, here's the Mars retrograde transit. And otherwise, I think that that is it for this horoscope for 2024 for Sagittarius. So for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Or if you're looking for good dates to do things next year, I just released my 2024 electional astrology report where I went through each of the next 12 months and picked out the most fortunate or lucky dates over the course of the next year. So I'm currently doing a 15% off New Year's sale on that report, and you can get it at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, that's it for this forecast. Thanks a lot for watching. Good luck this year, and I'll see you again next year for the horoscope for 2025. So good luck, and see you again soon. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine, which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online, May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net.
Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year ahead horoscope and astrology forecast for the zodiac sign of Capricorn for the entire year of 2024. All right, so let's jump right into it. So here's your main keywords for this year, Capricorn, which are home, parents, career, communication, siblings, children, health, relationships, and finances. So those are some of the main topics that are going to be activated for you this year, and I'm going to spend the rest of this video expanding on that and going into why and what transits specifically will activate those parts of your chart or those parts of your life. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar. I wanted to start first by talking about the eclipses this year, which are taking place in your 10th house of career and your 4th house of home, family, and private life. So. Um, Eclipses signify or represent major beginnings and major endings in the areas of your life that they fall. So for you, um, this is a continuation of some major changes and ma some major beginnings and endings that started last year when these eclipses started taking place in this sector of your chart in 2023. And we'll see a continuation of this story and some of these changes as we move further and further into 2024. So with uh, eclipses taking place in the fourth house, sometimes that's major changes in terms of your home and your living situation. So um, in, for some people, they find a new place to live. For other people, they decide there's something about their current living situation that they don't like, so that there's some sort of ending when it comes to their current situation. So this is the end of one chapter and the beginning of another chapter when it comes to your home and living situation in some way. Um, for other people, this represents the parents and things either happening in your parents' life that are major events, or in terms of your relationship with your parents, and some sort of ending and new beginning when it comes to your relationship with them uh, can often coincide with eclipses. For the other part of this transit for the 10th house, when it comes to the Libra eclipses, this represents major beginnings and endings when it comes to your career and your overall life direction. So usually this represents a turning point. For some people, um, they may have reached the end or as far as they can go when it comes to a current career or job in terms of their work, and they may find that there's the ending of a certain chapter of activity when it comes to their work up to this point, so that perhaps they leave a job or lose a job for some reason, and but that then opens up a whole new chapter of opportunities for them to head in a new direction when it comes to their career at this time. So um, yeah, that can be quite positive, but it just indicates a major important turning point in the closing of one chapter and the opening of a new chapter when it comes to your uh, not just your career, but also your public reputation and public profile and how you're seen to the world at large or seen by the world at large. So those are some of the eclipses that are taking place this year. Um, those will especially be active in March and April and then again in October um, for that specific set of eclipses. So the next thing I wanted to focus on is um, the transits of Saturn and another eclipse that's going to take place in your third house of communication, siblings, neighbors, um, your neighborhood, and short distance travel. So my primary keyword here is nebulous challenges with communication, siblings, and neighbors, um, primarily because of this Saturn-Neptune conjunction that's going to get really close around the 
um, June and July timeframe especially, although it's part of a longer three-year transit of Saturn through your third house that started last March in March of 2023. So Saturn represents um, challenges that arise and oftentimes surmountable difficulties where there's some sort of challenge that comes up that forces you to address it. And either it's something where it acts as a roadblock where you can't proceed further in doing that thing, or in other instances, um, it just forces you to address that issue and through great striving and effort, you're able to overcome it. So for some of you, the third house represents communication. So these challenges may have to do with communication um, and how you speak and how you talk to people in different manners and how you express what's inside of yourself, running into some issues with that that you have to overcome. The only issue with, with that and overcoming them is the Neptune element makes things kind of nebulous so that it's kind of hard to know how to address things and what the issue is. And the basic distinction between Saturn and Neptune is that Saturn represents what's real versus Neptune represents what's illusory. And for you, there may be a tension between telling the difference between those two this year. So um, the third house also represents siblings. So there could be some tensions or challenges when it comes to either your relationship with your siblings or some things that are happening in their life if you have siblings. Um, the third house also represents neighbors in your neighborhood. So there could be some um, challenges coming up in your immediate vicinity. And while that sounds like it's not a major topic, uh, it's actually surprising sometimes when third house transits happen and you find out that your neighborhood is actually more important, especially if there's challenges happening than you might think at first. So I think some of this is gonna become even more of a focal point in September when there's going to be an eclipse in Pisces, which is going to shine more of a spotlight on this area of your life than there even had been up to this point. And at that point, there'll be some major beginnings and major endings when it comes to some of the topics that I just mentioned that are associated with this house in your chart. So that is that transit this year. The next one, I wanted to mention some of the really positive transits that are happening this year. So one of them is the Jupiter transit through your fifth house, which is going to represent a period of unexpected opportunities when it comes to topics like children, creativity, leisurely activities, uh, but also sex and sexuality. So Jupiter is transiting through here and it's going to conjoin Uranus in April. And Jupiter represents growth and expansion and enjoyment and the confirmation of good things. And Uranus represents unexpected things that come out of nowhere that uh, cause major changes and are somewhat revolutionary. So um, I think this is going to be a really good transit for you. It's going to last for the entire first half of the year from January all the way through May um, with a specific focal point in April when Jupiter meets up with Uranus. So for some of you, um, this is going to indicate a period of growth when it comes to the topic of children, whether it's your own children, like for some people, they actually have children during a Jupiter transit through their fifth house. Um, or in other instances, it's just the topic of children in general, where for some reason, children become more important to you in your life at this time, and they become a source of positive things for some reason, um, positive opportunities. So pay attention to that. Um, 
The fifth house also has to do with creativity and leisurely activities. So it could be could be a good time to expand your horizons and take up some new forms of creating things or some new forms of bringing fun and games into your life in order to balance out um, the work sphere, which is also going to be active at this time. Finally, the last area is the fifth house has to do with sex and sexuality. So this can be a good period in terms of that where you have a new romantic partner or where things are just going particularly well for you um, and you're trying out new things and things are particularly innovative and exciting when it comes to this area. Um, even if you're currently in a relationship or have a long-term relationship, it may be a good time to open up like a new chapter of trying new things for you this year, especially in the first half of the year um, and especially around the April timeframe when that conjunction goes exact. All right, so that's one of your most positive transits this year. The other really positive transit is that starting in June, Jupiter is gonna move into Gemini, which is the area of your chart that has to do with health and work. So this can be a good time for like addressing health issues that have come up, where if there's something that's been bothering you in terms of your bodily health especially, this can be a good time to see a specialist or to experiment with different um, ways of trying to find um, ways to heal that or ways to improve your health. And um, if you do so, you may be more successful at this time in finding some solutions or finding ways to improve your overall health and bodily um, sort of activities uh, this year compared to other years, especially in the second half of 2024, where this transit's going to last for, for the entire second half of the year, basically the second six months of the year. Um, the sixth house also pertains to work and to subordinates. So um, things may be going particularly well for you in terms of your work at this time. And if you are find yourself in a position where you have anybody that's helping you in some sort of subordinate role, you may have interactions this year that are either particularly positive or particularly supportive and helpful um, from people that play that supportive role to you this year. Or if you don't have somebody like an assistant or somebody like that that helps you, it could be a good time to get one in order to help you do what you do in terms of your work more effectively. Um, so that's one of the most positive transits this year, aside from the fifth house transits. Um, other areas that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to mention the Mars retrograde, which is going to happen towards the end of the year, and that's going to be happening in uh, Leo and Cancer, which is your eighth house of shared resources and your seventh house of relationships. So um, this is a little bit tricky because Mars retrogrades um, typically indicate tensions. So my primary keyword for this transit is tensions surrounding shared resources and relationships. So um, shared resources, sometimes that refers to like the partner's money or the partner's finances and income. And uh, with Mars going retrograde in your seventh house, this can sometimes indicate a period where there's a greater friction when it comes to relationships than at other periods. Sometimes um, things can come up from the past that cause fights or cause conflict or dissension. And in some extreme instances, you might decide 
that you're sort of fed up and you no longer want to be in a relationship. And it can indicate the severing or separation of a relationship in some instances at this time if things are really not going well. So sometimes these conflicts can involve um, money or, or shared resources between the two of you because this is going to be going through your eighth house. Um, the eighth house can also represent things like debt, taxes, and other um, things that have to do with money that is owed or money that is stored sort of outside of you. Um, so I would be careful here about like financial investments, like risky financial investments or um, particularly prom um, problematic financial involvements with a partner or with other people, just because during this time there may be a greater chance for conflict or that causing issues than at other times. And I'd really try to, I would recommend caution and restraint during this time, especially if you feel yourself getting into more conflicts or you feel yourself being more irritable at this time. Um, in some circumstances, it's like there are fights or arguments that we need to have to get everything out but the great danger with this transit is that sometimes people can find themselves being more irritable and they can start a conflict with somebody like a partner that they um, think will just last for a day or two but then it'll end up turning into a much larger or much more long-term conflict than they anticipated or than they really wanted it to be so i would just know that going into it and be a little bit more cautious and if you do that then you should be able to navigate and avoid some of the worst manifestations of this transit during the course of the last two or three months of the year. All right, so that is that transit. The final transit I wanted to mention is Pluto is finally departing from Capricorn, where it's been for a decade, and Pluto is moving into your second house of finances. So this is kind of interesting with the other transit because it's indicating the beginning of a period of deep transformative experiences involving your finances and your relationship with money and possessions. So there's something about this transit that's going to really get going this year that's going to change your outlook and change your attitude towards money and finances. Sometimes Pluto transits can involve things like um, problematic issues like manipulation or issues with control or obsession or things happening behind the scenes. And for you, this is going to be centralized for some reason in the area that has to do with your, your money, your checkbook, and your personal finances, as well as your attitude towards those things and your attitude towards possessions. So this is going to be a pretty long-term transit, but you should start paying attention to any changes that happen with finances this year because they could have a much more long-term impact than it might seem like they will at first, or they could indicate that you start going in a, direct, a new direction when it comes to money and finances that ends up being quite different than what you had before, as well as quite transformative for you in terms of your attitude towards those things. So that is, I believe, the last major transit that I meant to mention this year in terms of your horoscope for 2024. So here are all the transits that I mentioned for those watching the video version. Here are some of the dates associated with those transits, just for quick reference in the future. Uh, here's a graphic for the Mars retrograde dates at the end of the year. And otherwise, I think that is it for this horoscope for 2024. So for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year and some of their meanings, check out my 2024 year ahead forecast on YouTube. 
Otherwise, if you're looking for uh, good dates to do things next year, I just released my 2024 electional astrology report where I went through each of the next 12 months and I picked out the luckiest and most fortunate dates for doing things during different parts of the year. So I'm running a 15% off New Year's sale for that right now. And you can find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, that's it for this horoscope. Good luck this year, Capricorn. Have a great year, and I'll see you again next year. All right, bye. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called Astro Gold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com and the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024. You can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year-ahead horoscope and astrology forecast for the zodiac sign of Aquarius for the entire year of 2024. All right, so let's jump right into it. So your main keywords this year, Aquarius, are communication, beliefs, finances, home, children, relationships, health, and self. So those are some of the main themes that are going to come up based on the planetary transits this year. And I'm going to spend the rest of this video talking about some of those transits and uh, diving into some of those topics more deeply, as well as giving you time frames. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar for this year. 
Uh, I'm going to start by talking about the eclipses that are taking place in your ninth and third houses in Aries and Libra. So my primary keyword for these eclipses are major beginnings and endings in communication, beliefs, and travel. So some of the eclipses are taking place in your ninth house, which represents um, education, philosophy, one's religion, and generally speaking, one's beliefs about the world, which includes one's politics. So with eclipses taking place in this sector of your chart, there's some major beginnings and major endings in this area of your life. So there may be some things that you used to think about or believe about the world that somehow are coming to an ending, but this is opening up a new chapter where there's some other things that you're learning about the world uh, that, mar that mark a fresh start for, how you, for your sort of public outlook and how you look and believe about things. So this can be very good and very eye-opening in terms of um, education and belief in your personal philosophy of life. Uh, for some people, the ninth house has to do with travel, and so there could be a major trip involved, or there could be some sort of um, expansion of your beliefs that has to do with having an exposure to a foreign culture or to just um, some, somebody or some people that are different from what you grew up with. Um, let's see. So with all this ninth house activity with respect to your beliefs, um, this is going to open up also the eclipses in your third house in Aries, which will have to do with how you communicate what you believe. So there's going to be some major changes and major beginnings and major endings in terms of your communication style and in terms of how you talk to people and how you present what you know or what you think about the world and the sort of form in which you present it. Um, the third house also has to do with siblings, neighbors, and extended relatives. So there may be some uh, either major events happening in the lives of those people in terms of major beginnings and major endings, or there may be something about your relationship with them and ending one major chapter in terms of your relationship, um, but then opening up a new chapter when it comes to your interactions with them at the same time. Uh, the third house also has to do with travel, so there could be something involving mobility or getting around your city that's significant at this time as well. So those eclipses are going to be taking place at different parts of the year, but especially in the March-April time frame and then again in October when there's an eclipse in Libra on October 2nd. All right, so moving on to other transits, the next area I wanted to talk about is the Saturn transit and the Saturn-Neptune conjunction that's happening in Pisces this year, as well as an eclipse that's going to happen later in September. So your Pisces is your second house of finances, uh, money, and possessions. And my primary keyword here is nebulous challenges with finances and possessions this year, primarily because of this Saturn-Neptune conjunction, where Neptune represents what's illusory or it represents idealism, whereas Saturn represents um, what's real and it has a, a sense of being about cold-hearted facts. So there's some sort of tension here this year where um, for the past several years, Neptune's been transiting through this house, and maybe you've had a more idealistic or a less grounded approach towards your finances and towards wealth. But starting a year ago, Saturn went into Pisces in March of 2023, and it started a period where you're going to have to get more serious about finances and where there's some sort of tension that's building between this sort of like idealism or almost like delusion 
which is represented by Neptune, versus the cold hard reality of Saturn and the conflict or tension between those two. So sometimes Saturn can bring challenges or surmountable difficulties where um, financial matters may be a little bit harder to come by for a period of time or where you run into some obstacles but through great striving and effort you're able to overcome them and become stronger as a result of that when it comes to your finances and personal possessions. So some of the Saturn-Neptune tensions are going to peak around the June and July time frame when that conjunction gets really close. And then this area of your life is going to come under much more intense scrutiny and focus around September when we have a eclipse in Pisces. And at that point, you're going to see a major pivot or a major turning point when it comes to financial matters this year and some sort of great ending as well as a new beginning. So that's one of the transits, one of the major transits I want to highlight, wanted to highlight about this year. Um, I also want to highlight some of your really positive transits that you have coming up this year. So the first one is Jupiter's transit through your fourth house of home, parents, and private life, where Jupiter is going to conjoin the planet Uranus in April in this area of your life. And my keyword for this is unexpected opportunities with respect to your home. Uh, private life and parents. So for some of you, this is going to represent um, with Jupiter going through your fourth house, maybe there's some new opportunity to move to a new location or to improve your home and your living situation in some distinct way. Um, the Uranus element of it brings an element of suddenness, of unexpectedness, and of like radical change in some way, but usually in a positive sense since it's Jupiter that's meeting up with Uranus. Um, for some of you, the fourth house, it will represent your parents and something about your interaction with your parents and maybe some um, improvement in terms of your interaction with them or in terms of something that's happening with their life that's relatively positive at this time. So this uh, transit's lasting for the entire first half of the year from January all the way through May, and it peaks around the um, April time frame when Jupiter actually conjoins Uranus, but that's a really good transit for the entire first half of the year. The other really good transit that's going to happen this year is going to happen in the second half of the year starting in June when the planet Jupiter will move into uh, Gemini for the second half of 2024, and that's going into your fifth house, and the fifth house represents um, my, my keyword for this transit is growth and expansion when it comes to children, creativity, leisurely activities, as well as sex and sexuality. So um, for some of you, when it comes to the topic of children, this can be um, something positive coming into your life with respect to children. And for some people, it can be growth and expansion in terms of literally having children at this time. For others, it can be that there's something about your relationship with your children, if you already have some, or something going on in their life that's particularly positive and notable this year, especially starting in June when a bunch of planets are going to move into Gemini all at the same time. Um, the fifth house also has to do with 
leisurely activities like fun and games and the things that we do in order to have fun and to bring joy into our life. And with Jupiter moving into this area in the entire second half of the year, um, it could be a good time to take up a new hobby or to find some things that you just enjoy or you have fun with that bring joy into your life because you'll be more successful in finding things and more successful in finding joy during the second half of the year than at other times in your life. Um, the fifth house also has to do with sex and sexuality, so there could be either a new romantic partner that you particularly enjoy and have fun with in the second half of the year, or there could be something about your current relationship where maybe you move into a new phase or you move into a new chapter of that relationship when it comes to your sex life that just tends to go particularly well or particularly positive. So that's something to keep an eye out for in terms of looking for new opportunities for growth in this area during the second half of the year. Uh, but especially focusing on June. All right, so there's that one. Um, the next one is, uh, I do want to talk about, there's going to be a Mars retrograde towards the end of the year, and that's going to be taking place in Leo and Cancer, which is your seventh house of relationships and your sixth house of work and health. So my primary keyword for this is tensions surrounding relationships, work, and health. Um, so Mars retrograde transits are tricky because sometimes they bring up um, tensions or issues with anger or issues with conflict in the area of the chart that it goes through. So for you, it's going to be going through the area that has to do with relationships, the seventh house, which could indicate a greater propensity for um, fights or conflict or even the potential for severing and separation when it comes to relationships during the course of this transit. So it's important when you have transits like that just to go into it knowing that ahead of time and then exercising some caution or some restraint, especially if you find yourself um, more irritable or more angry than usual and getting into more fights than usual, or if you find that your partner, for example, is more angry or getting into fights with you more, more than, than typical. So the danger here is that you need to be careful that if you start a conflict, um, that you show some restraint because sometimes conflicts started uh, during this transit can blow up into much bigger or much more long-term conflicts than you might anticipate at first. So the main piece of advice is just to either try to exercise restraint and caution or at least go into any fights or conflicts knowing that if you start something that it could turn into a much bigger thing than you might intend at first. So some of this energy is also applied to your sixth house of work and health. Um, so there could be some conflicts at work or involving subordinates or people that work for you, like assistants. Um, and also the sixth house, because it has to do with health, can indicate um, some irritation or some annoyances or even some challenges and tensions that arise when it comes to health and health issues. Um, so if there's anything that you can do to address some of those things right from the start and instead of letting health, in, uh, health issues linger, then that would be advised. Um, the same with workplace disputes at the same time. Um, so yeah, so those are some of the transits that are happening in terms of the Mars retrograde during the course of the last, especially the last two to three months of this year and some of the potentials for that transit. And then finally, the last um, transit I wanted to mention is that Pluto is actually going into Aquarius 
um, this year for good. And that's going to be the beginning of a very long-term transit that signifies major transformative experiences with respect to your mind, your body, and your sense of self. So um, Pluto transits can be kind of intense and kind of deep. Um, they force us to go deeper into ourselves. And sometimes when we go within ourselves, we, we unlock um, deeper transformations in terms of understanding who we are, what we're about in the world, and in terms of our perception of ourself and what we're doing here. That's the core meaning of this transit for you of Pluto going into your rising sign or into your first house. Um, so for some people, this is going to be transformations and awakenings that involve your mind. And for others, it's going to be transformations that involve your body. Um, so during the course of this, sometimes there's things that have to um, move into the past and sort of like pass away in our life in order to make room for other new things and other new realities um, that we then have to adjust to and accommodate in order to understand the new uh, things that are in front of us. But the primary keyword is just major changes and major transformations to your sense of self and the sort of uniting and relationship between your mind and your body and what the interaction is between those two. So, and that's a major transit that begins this year that's going to last for quite a while after 2024, but you should pay attention to it and pay attention to any changes that start happening in that area because they may be a preview of some other major changes that will come up um, in the future, in the long term, as this transit progresses. So, all right, um, I think that's the last major transit that I wanted to mention for you for 2024. So here's a list which shows the major transits that I just mentioned during the course of the year. Um, here's a list that gives some specific dates for some of those transits and the timeframes in which they're going to be relevant. Um, here's a diagram that tells you about the Mars retrograde period and dates. And otherwise, I think that's it for this horoscope for Aquarius for 2024. So um, for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Otherwise, for good dates next year to do different things, I just released my 2024 electional astrology report where I went through and I picked out some of the most fortunate or lucky dates during the course of the next year. So I have a 15% off New Year's sale that's currently running on that report, and you can find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. Otherwise, I think that's it for this horoscope. So good luck, Aquarius, next year, and I'll see you again at the end of the year for horoscopes for 2025. All right, good luck and take care. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrology podcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano.
If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount. If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024, you can find out more information at norwac.net. Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and this is your year ahead horoscope and astrology forecast for the zodiac sign of Pisces for the entire year of 2024. All right, so let's jump right into it, Pisces. So here are your major keywords for the year. Finances, self, communication, home, family, work, health, children, enemies, and mental health. So those are some of the main themes this year that I want to talk about. I'm going to spend the rest of this forecast expanding on some of those topics and the transits associated with them. All right, so here's the planetary movements calendar. Um, I want to start off first by talking about the eclipses that are happening in Aries and Libra, which are happening in your second house of finances and your eighth house of shared resources and other people's money. So uh, eclipses represent major beginnings and major endings in these areas of your life. So it represents um, the end of one chapter when it comes to your finances and the beginning of a new chapter. So sometimes there can be very pivotal events that take place at this time, which change our um, relationship towards money and finances and financial resources in general. So some of this has to do with your own personal finances, which is the second house, and some of it has to do with shared resources, which is the eighth house, and that can um, relate to things like your partner's finances if you're in a long-term relationship, that maybe there's some major changes when it comes to their finances either going upwards or downwards that affects you somehow personally in a direct way. Um, in other instances, the eighth house can represent uh, debt, taxes, as well as things like inheritance 
inheritances and mortality. So in some way, these topics come up for you in a significant way that ends up affecting your personal finances. And this is part of an ongoing uh, story or ongoing process that actually started last year in 2023 when the eclipses first started happening in this axis in your chart. But we'll see a continuation of it this year with some important events taking place um, especially around the March-April time frame when the first set of eclipses takes place, and then again in October when the next eclipse takes place in Libra. So that's the first major area or topic this year. Um, the next one that I wanted to talk about is that um, we have the Saturn-Neptune conjunction, which, co which is coming up, and it's going to get very close to going exact in your first house in Pisces this year. So um, the first house represents your sense of self and who you are in the world and how you appear or how you show up to others. Um, the first house also represents the mind as well as the body. So my primary keyword for this transit because it's Saturn conjunct Neptune is nebulous challenges involving the self, the mind, and the body. So already Pisces or, or Neptune has been going through Pisces for the past several years, which is bringing some nebulousness, some floatiness, and a little bit of um, idealism to your outlook on life. But recently, starting last year in March of 2023, Saturn actually went into Pisces, which is bringing a much more heavy, much more realistic or a much more sense of realism into the picture. And sometimes Saturn can bring with it some challenges or some surmountable difficulties uh, where either Saturn will shut down one avenue in which you've been proceeding up to this point and just say that you cannot proceed further in what you're doing or in other instances it just presents a roadblock where something comes up that's an obstacle but through much um, striving and work and effort on your part you're able to overcome it and become stronger as a result so for you because it's happening in your first house some of these challenges probably pertain to your body in some sense so sometimes this can indicate a period where our physical vitality is a little bit lower than usual or in which we're encountering more health issues or different types of ailments that make us feel slower or make us feel like we're aging much more rapidly than at other times in our life um, this can also apply to our mental state so that we feel more slow or we feel a little bit more depressed um, or a little bit more sort of dark and glooming than at other periods in our life. And what's it? the problem with Neptune being involved is that sometimes it can make it so that the solution to this is a little bit hard to grasp and, and it's a little bit hard to pin down. So that's something that's going to peak especially around the June or July time frame when the Saturn-Neptune conjunction gets really close. But then we're going to see some added emphasis and major developments in this area around September when an eclipse happens in Pisces, which is going to represent a new beginning and a major uh, chapter of your life starting with respect to your sense of self and what you need to do in order to take care of yourself. So this is important because it's going to open up and lead into an eclipse series next year in 2025 that's going to start bouncing back and forth between your seventh house of relationships and your first house of self. Um, and you're going to need to uh, put more emphasis at different points on yourself versus your relationships 
but eventually try to seek balance between those two. But at least for this year, for 2024, I think the emphasis is going to be more on self and just needing to take care of yourself and do the things that um, are restful and healing for you in order to support both your body as well as your mind. All right, so that is that transit. Um, I wanted to mention also some really positive transits that are coming up this year. The first one is the Jupiter transit through your third house, where Jupiter is eventually going to meet up and conjoin with Uranus in Taurus in your third house. And my primary keyword for this is unexpected opportunities with respect to communication, relatives, um, but also potentially your neighbors or your neighborhood and your local environment. So the third house represents how we speak and communicate to the world. And during this time, especially during the first half of the year, this could be a good period for um, opening up different ways to communicate and different avenues of communicating and, and expressing your inner thoughts and your inner ideas about the world. So for some people, this can be like um, taking up a new communication medium in order to get your message out into the world. For other people, it could be things like learning a different language so that you learn how to communicate differently. Um, but the vibe of this is just, uh, especially in the April time frame, taking advantage of any unexpected opportunities for growth in this area. Because if you do, then you could find yourself becoming much more successful as a communicator and it bringing much more positive things into your life than at other times, uh, than you, like earlier than this before. Um, the third house is also siblings, so there could be some good events going on with your siblings or with respect to your relationship with them. It also represents extended relatives as well as neighbors, and there could be some positive um, opportunities in terms of your immediate environment that you should take advantage of because they could be quite beneficial. All right, so that's one of the most positive transits of this year. The other really positive transit is that starting in June, Jupiter is going to move into your fourth house of home and family. So um, this represents a period of growth and expansion with respect to your home and family and parents. So in terms of the home, it just indicates that in the second half of the year, you're going to go into a period where things are going much better at home. For some people, you might move into a new home or a new house, which represents an upgrade compared to what you had before. In other instances, if you're already settled, you may decide to change things at home or do some home improvement or some things that are just meant to um, improve your private life in order to make it more supportive and more helpful for you in your home environment. The fourth house also represents parents, so there may be some positive events happening in the lives of your parents or some positive things that um, happen in terms of your interaction and your relationship with your parents that ends up being quite beneficial. I would say that this would be especially the case around the June time frame when not just Jupiter but several other planets move into Gemini all at the same time. It looks like a pretty good pretty good time and then the Jupiter transit itself that I was just talking about will last for the entire second half of 2024. So that's why it's one of the most positive transits of the year. All right, um, other things there is, moving on to other transits, there's gonna be a Mars retrograde in the last few months of the year, and this is gonna be taking place in your fifth house and your fourth house. So my primary keyword for this is tensions around work, health, children, and sexuality. So um, 
sorry, I, uh, actually I circled the wrong one. It's taking place in your sixth house and your fifth house. And that's why I wrote work, health, children, and sexuality. So the sixth house has to do with work and health. And the fifth house has to do with children, um, leisurely activities, but also sex and sexuality. So Mars transits can tend to bring a little bit of conflict into the area of our life that they're transiting through. For you, with Mars going through your sixth house, there could be some um, challenges or some conflicts at work or conflicts with um, people who work for you or assistants if you find yourself in a managerial position. So the sixth house can also represent um, health. So sometimes there can be um, irritating or heating type um, ailments that happen at this time so that uh, in some forms of like Ayurvedic medicine or other things like that they'll try to counteract it by doing things that are more cooling because you'll find yourself getting a little bit more angry or a little bit more hot-headed and sometimes this can cause you to be um, a little bit more impulsive and part of the advice for that is to be a little bit more um, careful or a little bit more reserved or um, conservative in your actions because you don't want to do anything impetuousness or impulsive that puts you in a situation where you could have an accident or an injury, for example. Um, the other part of this transit is Mars is going retrograde in your fifth house. If you have children, sometimes this can indicate like a period of more irritability or conflict with children than at other times in your life. Um, this can also indicate a period uh, in which in terms of sex and sexuality, there can be a little bit more conflict surrounding this area as well, or a little bit more irritation. So perhaps you or like a romantic partner are more irritable or can in a heated moment, like say something hurtful and it can lead to a, a much more major like fight or blow up than maybe was intended at first. So as with all Mars transits, the advice is just to exercise caution and restraint, especially um, so that you don't do anything or say anything that leads to a more significant um, or long-term instance of severing or separation than maybe you intended or maybe than you would want at first. Although certainly with Mars transits, the advice is always that if there needs to be a conflict, because sometimes there are conflicts that have to happen or have to arise at this time, to just go into it knowing that something that seems smaller, more limited could become a bigger issue. Um, so to sort of Pick your battles wisely, I guess, is the main piece of advice for that transit. All right, so that's the Mars retrograde happening, especially the last couple of months of the year. Um, the final transit on dimension is just that Pluto is departing from your 11th house of friends, and it's moving into your 12th house. And the 12th house represents um, fundamentally a couple of things. One of them is if the 11th house represents friends, then the 12th house represents people that we don't get along with very well, or sometimes people that are um, outright enemies or people that undermine us in some way. So um, that's one topic for the 12th house, and Pluto itself represents deeply transformative experiences. So this is indicating a period where you're going to have some deeply transformative experiences involving people that you don't get along with very well in your life. Sometimes this can raise issues of like control or manipulation and the need to um, push back against those things if you find them happening or you find somebody's trying to undermine you through those methods. 
Um, in other instances, the 12th house can also represent mental health and just taking care of ourselves. And sometimes um, a good manifestation of this transit can be um, starting to see a, th a therapist and starting to go into therapy in order to do a sort of like deep dive in order to better understand some of the ways in which maybe in some instances we can be undermining ourselves or undermining our own actions without realizing it. But if you do that and you do that type of work where you sort of like dive deep and look inside yourself, um, you can emerge sometime as, sometimes as a much different person and in a, as a much more effective uh, person in the world by having done that internal work and working on your mental health. So ultimately, I think that's going to be a positive transit, and it's going to be a long-term process because it's a longer transit, but it's good to pay attention to any transits, that any changes that start happening in 2024 with respect to that, because it could be a preview of some more longer-term transits that will be playing out in the future. All right, so I think that's actually it in terms of transits that I wanted to mention for 2024. So here's all of the major alignments that I was talking about this year. Here's a quick um, slide for those watching the video version, which shows some dates of some of those transits to pay attention to. Um, here is the, a graphic for the Mars retrograde transit that I mentioned in the last few months of the year. Uh, but otherwise, I think that's it for this uh, horoscope and for this report about uh, 2024. So for a more detailed breakdown of the transits this year, check out my 2024 year ahead astrology forecast on YouTube. Or if you're looking for good dates to do things next year, I actually just released my 2024 electional astrology report where I, I went and looked at all of the fortunate dates next year and outlined over the next 12 months when the most lucky dates are to do different types of things. So that report's currently, I'm doing a 15% off sale for New Year's, and you can find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash 2024 report. All right, I think that's it, Pisces, for this horoscope for this year. So good luck in 2024, and I'll see you again next year. All right, bye. If you appreciate the work I'm doing here on the podcast and you'd like to find a way to support it, then consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. In exchange, you'll get access to some great subscriber benefits. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash astrologypodcast. Shout out to our sponsor for this episode, which is the Chani app, the number one astrology app for self-discovery, mindfulness, and healing. You can download it on the Apple App Store or on Google Play, or for more information, visit app.chani.com. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including patrons Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Jeannie Marie Kaplan, and Melissa Delano. If you're looking for a reliable astrologer to get an astrological consultation with, then we have a new list of astrologers on the podcast website that we recommend for readings. Find out more information at theastrologypodcast.com slash consultations. The astrology software that we use and recommend here on the podcast is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available for the PC at alabe.com. Use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we recommend a software program called AstroGold for Mac OS. You can find out more information at astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount.
If you're really looking to expand your studies of astrology, then I would recommend my Hellenistic Astrology course, which is an online course on ancient astrology where I take people through basic concepts up through intermediate and advanced techniques for reading birth charts. You can find out more information at courses.theastrologyschool.com. And finally, thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer Magazine, which is a quarterly astrology magazine which you can read in print or online at mountainastrologer.com. And the Northwest Astrological Conference, which is happening both in person and online May 23rd through the 27th, 2024, you can find out more information at norwac.net.